Here we are, the MBM Podcast, on another episode. I have Kyle with me. What's up, guys? And I have somebody. Somebody else is here, too. I live to see another day. Holy crap, it's Mike. <laughs> so fast. Gone, <laughs> gone for so long, but couldn't stay away. Oh, man. <laughs> I just have to bring on a guest you want to talk to, and I guess you want to come back, right? Yeah, it's probably it. I want to <laughs> grind Randy's gears. You're going to try and grind his gears? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll be nice. So we're going to have Randy Pike on. Uh, of course, I was a bit of a dum-dum and didn't post sooner that we're going to have him on. But the good news is, looks like we got about uh, anywhere between 7 to 10 questions from Facebook. So considering I posted that like less than 45 minutes ago, I'm not complaining. That's pretty good. Um, so we're going to have Randy Pike on tonight. We're going to talk about... Uh, my top five and Kyle's top five um, cover songs as of right now. Uh, I don't think Mike's going to be sticking around for that because I know he's got stuff to do later this evening. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. I have to have my therapeutic nap. There you go. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle's man van, as he likes to call it. Oh, the man van. The man van and some of the stuff he's been doing with it. And the fact that Very I make fun of him all the time because I keep on telling him it's going to blow up and he's going to have all this money into this man van that doesn't run. It's a Dodge. It'll never blow up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Keep uh, telling yourself that, chump. Yeah, say, <laughs> next week it'll be, well, it's blowed up. <laughs> you guys know me all too well. And, I, and then the day after that, I'll have something else. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Well, I got an 05 1500. I'm just going to change the bodies. I'm just going to take this Ford and the Chevy, and I'm going to make it into a Dodge. No, no, it's you take the Chevy and the Dodge and make it into a Ford. Okay. That's kind of gross. Well, that's how Fords are built, just old parts from Chevys and Dodges, <laughs> and they just kind of slap it around. Fair enough. <laughs> Man, we're going to get some heat on that comment. I guarantee uh, it. And uh. the listenings go up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're also going to talk about, I went racing this last weekend, and I ran my SC5M, and I'll tell you what, that thing... Is fun. I was so jealous. I, I wanted to go racing. So I bad. affectionately called it the pink dink all day. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest one you've ever held, eh? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you drinking? It is a Melaleuca Energy Kick Fruit Punch with mm. natural flavor. It's a dietary supplement. You really think you need that? Yeah, pretty much. Because if not, I'll just fall asleep. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's like all natural. It's just like B vitamins and a bunch of healthy stuff, actually. Rather like it, instead of drinking the rock stars, I've been drinking these, and <laughs> they're gluten free and they're <laughs> purified water, malic acid, natural flavors. There's some sugar close in this, of course, but there's some potassium. That's good. I need potassium. Potassium. Eh? Potassium. <laughs> potassium. You could eat bananas for that too. Some sorbate. I never heard of sorbate, but it's in here. <laughs> Sodium benzenate. That sounds like salt. It, it, for freshness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in brackets, it says freshness. But no, it's not bad. Like, there's vitamin C. There's 100 milligrams. There's vitamin B3, vitamin B6, B12. Some erythenetic acid has a decalcium pathinate. I don't know. It's good. There it goes. In the garbage. Filed under G. G. <laughs> Filed under G. Put that under G, bro. Oh. Nice, nice. All right. So, yeah, I just, uh, what else? What did you do this weekend, Kyle? 
Um, oh, I know. You waited to the last minute to put your kids' beds together that I helped you bring to your house. When was it? The Friday before that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did that the day before. That I couldn't came believe over. that, dude. I'm That's like, not a typical Kyle. Thing. I, I I didn't hear from him all day Wednesday, and I I called him. He didn't answer. I left a message. Then he finally called me. I'm like, what the hell have you been doing all day? He's like. Well, I had to put those bed together, and it took me like three hours because I lost the instructions. Like, how do you lose the instructions? Like, well, I set them down somewhere, and I just couldn't find them again. Well, when I got it in the house, I took the instructions out. I'm like, ah, I need these. Set them aside, and yeah, I couldn't find them. (laughs) Now he's eating a popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have no idea what it's like to be me. (laughs) It's going to take him an hour to get... Wait, how do you get up the stairs with your walker? I don't need the walker anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've, I've upgraded now. Now I just I, now I just use the windowsill. Oh, uh, the windowsill? I was going to say, uh-huh. what do you got, a cane? Walking no. stick? No, no. <laughs> no, just slow and steady. Slow and steady. <laughs> Poor guy. Ugh. I was trying not to laugh when you told me that. I was like, dude, they got one of these pink bracelet fall bracelets on me, and I have to use a walker purple. to go to the bathroom. Purple. Oh, purple. <laughs> they wouldn't let me move around the hospital. Without a freaking walker because they didn't want me to fall. Because <laughs> I kept passing out. Like there's so much more to this story. That yes, people there don't is. Know, but and, and you know what? When you when you're doing better and you know what's going on and there's a plan of attack, maybe we'll sit down. We'll have a yeah. whole show about it. Sure. And then that way everybody can know what's going on with Mike. There we go. For anybody that wants and why to we're know, making fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't stop eating. Great friends we are. I'm on this dose of prednisone. Anybody that knows prednisone or get on the Google and Google prednisone. I'm on this 100 milligram dosage a day. Now, if you know prednisone, 10 milligrams is a big dose. So they got me on 10 times that. Oh, my God. I can't stop eating. It is ridiculous. My body hurts. It is unreal how I feel. But I'm alive, and my body ain't destroying itself anymore for the moment. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm For on now. the podcast eating a popsicle <laughs> and drinking vitamin D, vitamin B. He's gonna look at it again. <laughs> I, I can't even talk straight half the time, guys. Like my mind is just fried. It's hilarious. Well, Anyways, I'll shut up. Let's get Randy on. That's what I was just gonna say. So with that being said, we'll take a quick break. We'll get Randy on the line, and we will be right back after this break. Cow RC, the radio-controlled maintenance king since 2008. Providing the RC community with the world's best pit mats, part trays, performance aerosols, and much more. Through smart design, superior performance, and 100% made in the USA, Cow RC products are a real value. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Follow Cow RC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or order direct at cowrc.com. Save 10% with code IMOVE. That's code I-M-O-O. CalRC. Maintenance King. Okay, just short music. That's it. I'm over it. I like the song, but sometimes it gets a little irritating. We're back. That was a quick little break. We got Randy Pike, team manager, Teakin on with us. Randy has had a lot going on in the last little while for himself. If people haven't noticed, then you're completely oblivious. Um, and yeah, so welcome to the show, uh, Randy. Thank you for coming on the NBM podcast. And uh, 
Of course, I always appreciate it when a guy like yourself will take the time out of your busy schedule, especially now, uh, to sit down and have a chat with us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So, tell everybody, Randy, what have you been up to? Because it's pretty big, but you're back to doing something that you used to do before. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I yeah, and, and if people don't know, I suppose, uh, I took over the local off-road tracks. So, uh, in the past, um, I actually owned a hobby shop uh, when I, before I worked at Tekken on uh, full-time. And I was a team manager when I had the hobby shop, and that was back in the mid-2000s, I think, when the industry was... Um, still growing, but the whole economy kind of went down. So we closed the hobby shop just because our lease was over and it just was uh, more time spent than money taken. And um, ended up going full time uh, with Tekken shortly after that. And uh, just recently I moved into to Nevada in the Reno area. And um, the local track was was running. It's a, it's a nice facility. It's a 6,500 square foot in 10 scale off-road track with clay. Uh, we run slicks. So the grip's pretty good. Um, nice driver stand, good lighting. There's 54 lit pit spots, so there's already full lighting for the pit area that's above it, like full hooded. And there's another 32 uncovered pit spots uh, inside as well. And we've rebuilt all that stuff just recently. So um, yeah, I'm back into the retail side of this business as well. Um, the, the track closed down for various reasons and uh, I need it for work. So <laughs> I kind of selfishly just took the track on since someone else stepped up with it. And uh, yeah, so we uh, reopened it, um, used our old uh, business name, so it's Track Time Hobbies and Raceway. And uh, we're in uh, the Panther Valley area of Reno, Nevada. Nice, nice. Yeah, because it was kind of funny. When I uh, first uh, hit you up about coming back on, you were, you said you were just in the middle of kind of getting things set up and opening up a new uh, a new track and everything like that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. you're moving too. Holy geez. Like, that's not yeah. a, that's not a yeah. little bit to do. <laughs> It wasn't planned. I mean, we the plan to, to move to Nevada and stuff like that, that was all planned. I mean, I mean, you know, summertime's busy for, for travel, for racing and testing. And so, um, you know, got that all sorted out. But I mean, my, my daughter lives in the dorm, so I don't see her too much anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, it took us a while to find the right house. And um, in the meantime, you know, between traveling and stuff, we did a lot of hotels. And when the track started, when I heard the track was closing down, it was really abrupt. I mean, it happened, I don't know, the second or third week of September. Um, and he just kind of posted online saying, Hey, we're closing the doors, you know, set the end of the, the month and we're kind of done. And so I started making some phone calls and spoke to the landlord and talked to the old owner and, and tried to work out some stuff. And I uh, finally came to an agreement. So we closed it down for about three weeks and opened it up at the end of October. Uh, there was a lot of things I didn't like about the facility on the inside. Um, a lot of things I didn't think were safe. And so we fixed all that stuff and rebuilt all the pit tables, fixed all the lighting, fixed the electrical, uh, painted, cleaned it. I mean, you name it, we touched it and uh, reopened it. And the, the, the locals have been uh, pretty happy to have it back because there's a lot of guys that were there every Friday. We got, a, on average, seven or eight heats on every Friday night. We start racing at 7. We're usually done by about 11, 1130. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a cool area. I mean, Reno is kind of like Vegas with the exception of the, how do I, the, the rest of the adult entertainment, I suppose, is the way you say it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, One way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's an international, you know, airport. It's Everything's 15 minutes away from everything else. I mean, you've got all the casinos, the cheap food, the cheap places to stay. Airport's 10 minutes from the track. And, you know, we have tons of parking. Like I said, we've got 84 pit spots in that track. Wow. Yeah. So what, what's, uh, like, what's an evening of racing cost uh, at that facility, Randy? 15 bucks. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, $15 for the first class and 10 for the additional classes. That's not cool. bad. 
little more expensive than anywhere else or just as cheap, we should say? I've heard places, some places charging 20 nowadays isn't unheard of necessarily, but yeah. I mean, the, the guys there had it kind of a, a weird tiering system and I just simplified it and making it 15, 10 and 10. Um, no, we haven't had any complaints about the cost of that, especially the, the old way it was run. Um, I mean, he did what he could, but at the same time, like they would get out of there, at, you know, 12, one o'clock in the morning, the brakes mm-hmm. were just, yeah, yeah, they do seven heats and then be there till one o'clock. And that's, that wears, you know, thin on everybody. So now when we do the water the track instead of using the big hoses we use hot water and um and irrigation spray backpacks so it evap it's it's back into the dirt in five minutes so we, oh, you know, we have nice. it in between heats so has this uh has this affected your work with teakin at all or oh of course yeah i mean just basically taking on another job at some point i suppose i mean um it's it's gonna be temporarily affecting them obviously we've got uh, some employees that we're working on getting back up here. My old employee actually from my other hobby shops planning on moving here. So uh, hope once we get him in place, uh, that'll take a lot of, of uh, a lot less of my time. I mean, I'll be able to just stay in the office more often than not. And then on race nights, I'll be there to support it. But uh, Tegan's still my first priority. I mean, the tracks at this point is kind of running itself. I mean, I'm having to manage some of the hobby shop side of it and kind of change out inventories to make sure we get rid of all the older items. But um, once we get past that hurdle, we'll be a little bit smoothed out. So it is, it is also helpful for Tekken in the same right where um, I'm not on anybody else's schedule if I want to do testing. I mean, I own right. the place. So if I want to go testing at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, I mean, I'd go testing at 2 o'clock in the morning. I, mean, I have a private track, closed facility, which has been a problem in the past. I mean, I've been at other tracks where I was testing stuff, and I'll throw towels on the cars or whatever and just try to be off in the corner. And everyone knows why I'm there most of the time, but mm-hmm. I've had some people go over there and try picking up the towel. Like, it's like it's okay to like, see what really? I'm testing. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, picking up the towel when I'm in the bathroom, or they're trying to take pictures of it when it's on the track. Or I mean, sometimes it's electronics, but I test product for other people as well. Sometimes it's car parts or, or whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, it's usually the you know, historically the towel thing was kind of a, a faux pas. You didn't touch the car. The towel yeah. was there for a reason. That's what it's for. It's kind of an un, unsaid you know rule. But I've had guys go lift it just to see what's going on. Because you're you're running for Yokomo, right? Yes, correct. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I work. I, I do some stuff with the factory RC guys. So like, you know, they make a a Ymax conversion, which is what like Carson Warnemont and a lot of the factory Yokomo guys do uh, when the when the traction's not perfect for the YZ2 car. They take the old Bmax transmission and add the conversion parts, so they actually have the same stand-up transmission set style as like a B5M. So the car gets a lot more rear grip and a lot more roll. So it's better for your typical you know dirt off-road tracks we have here in the states. Nice. Yeah, and so I help them develop that you know, conversion setup for the car. Well, then, and of course, in recent months, probably a while, you were working on the Gen 3 Tekken motors, which is a big, I don't know if you ever heard the podcast, and I don't know if you did or not, but it just, an R. Pike happened to like the MBM podcast on Podbean right after Mike and I were kind of poking fun at the Gen 3s, because from what we could see, it just looked like it had bigger holes in it. And then oh, Mike, Mike made the comment, well, I could just drill bigger <laughs> holes in my Gen 2 and then do it out of Gen 3. And I was like, maybe we should have Randy on before we start throwing allegations all over. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that, I hope. Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. New product. Yeah. <laughs> the Gen 3 motor project was, um, that was a long project. I mean, we our Gen 2 motors were really good um, and modified. Obviously, they've got a lot of power. I mean, compared to other manufacturers, for example, we run 6.5s in four-wheel drive where they have to run a 5.5. So obviously our mods really didn't need a whole lot of work, but where everyone did complain a little bit was the stock motors. I mean, stock racing, depending on how you look at it, or fortunately or unfortunately, 
is 80% of the racing worldwide. Um, it's just the way it works out. So our 17.5 motor was good, but it wasn't great. It definitely had room for improvements. It was a little heavy. Um, it ran a little bit hotter than we would have liked. And compared to some of the newest stuff from the other manufacturers, um, it had a little bit uh, off pace. And so we basically took a set down with a clean shade of paper and uh, fresh CAD files and basically started chiseling out a new motor. And so I went through, I don't know, a couple half a dozen revisions of different designs and different configurations. And then the team got to test those configurations, what I thought was the best out of that. And then we came back and still made some more improvements and uh, came out with the Gen 3. I mean, the Gen 3 is aesthetically obviously different than Gen 2. It's got bigger holes in it, like you guys mentioned. <laughs> um, it's also a lot shorter. Um, it's, I think it's like almost four millimeters shorter than the previous motor. Uh, it's got a lot of tapered ends on both end bells or tapered so it's for clearance on certain on-road cars or especially pan cars. Uh, tapered, the smaller the motor is and, and the easier it is to get in and out of those tight pods, the better for them. I and have, it's also light. Go I ahead. have two of them here in my hands. I got a 10.5 <laughs> and a 13.5. Yeah. I'm going to be replacing some uh, a D 3.5 Magzilla and then I'm kind of converting over to TLR and anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. And just going on what you're saying, like, you know, you, you look at this motor and you can tell, like, it's not just the Gen 2 rethought of it. It's a new motor yep. from end to end. You know, you can just see the kind of the where the thinking was to get it smaller. Yep. Uh, you know, the adjustments on the timing on the end bell are a lot more clear, in my opinion. You know, and uh, it, it is like it's just it's a pretty motor. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, we, we knew a lot of things that we wanted to fix. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, shortcomings with it as far as some of that stuff goes. I mean, the weight was the biggest one for our pan car guys. Um, right. Like a stock RPM one's 157 grams. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, at least right now, that's still the lightest 17.5 motor on the market. Um, and that's one of the biggest things of it. I mean, it, it is considerably smaller. I mean, we're talking about a, an overall motor length that's 48 and a half mil millimeters long. That's small. You know, compared to like Gen Two, yeah, uh, these are tiny. Like I, I couldn't believe it when I pulled it out of the box. Yeah, I looked at I them when like, I seen them. <laughs> I was like, "Holy man! Like, is this thing gonna?" You know, you kind of get that. at the same time. You know, sometimes bigger always can be better. In 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 you know how guys are, right? You know, but it's just it was like I'm really really excited to get these things into a car and on the track and start getting the feel for them. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that was the other thing that we worked on a lot too was the feel. Um, no one ever complained about our mod motors. I mean, they made you know, ridiculous amounts of power, which is awesome. But the stock guys always felt that our mid-range was a little bit lacking as far as the stock motors feel. They, they spun fast. They, they had a good torque, but the mid-range just felt kind of anemic. And so uh, we worked a lot on the stack design and uh, other things that affect that feel. And you can notice just by spinning them in your hand that that stack designs change the way the motor feels. You know, the yeah. way the, the rotors and everything go together, that way that thing's centered inside the can, it feels different when you spin it by hand compared to a Gen 2. So, so is, that, it, is that like a, like a motor, stator, the wiring, magnets? Like, is that like a combination of, of different it, it things that you... Yeah, it's a combination and a culmination of all those factors going in to make that the way that what you feel. When you, when you spin a motor by hand, that's what we refer to as cog torque. I mean, that's the amount of, of, of power it requires to spin that motor or the rotor from one segment to the other. And so that's, that's ideally in engineering terms, you actually don't want any cog torque, but unfortunately to get the feel that we want in RC application, you end up with cog torque. That's just the way it works. But like, for example, when we did early eight scale stuff, with the T8, 
the T8 originally had a lot of cog torque. And as a driver, I would jump the car and say like it was a 25 double or something like 25 foot double, the car would immediately nose down and almost want to flip over forward. Well, that's because the cog torque was there. So we had purposely engineered the cog torque out of the T8 design. So it actually felt like a more neutral car in the air. And so that I mean, we didn't give up any power. It, it runs more efficient. And obviously the, the performance on the track is better because the car is not trying to nose dump all the time. So when you drive a Gen 3 versus a Gen 2, if you got to drive back in the brush days, you'll notice that it feels a lot like more like a brush motor. Okay. It has a natural power band. It naturally kind of wants to slow down in a smoother manner versus Gen 2 just kind of freewheel. And so you kind of have this better connection with the car with the Gen 3 motor. They also make a lot more power because now that the stack and everything's been redesigned, the resistance is down. So the resistance right now is pretty much king in everything stock racing. I mean, you hear people talking about battery resistance, motor resistance, speed controller resistance, all that stuff's gonna is become a factor now, which is the same thing it was back in brushed. In back in brushed motor days, you know, battery resistance wasn't so much of a factor, but your speed controller resistance certainly was. And so all that adds up. But the Gen 3 motor project was, I don't know, nine months to a year in the making. It's easy to make something look pretty, but you actually have to make it you know, run on the track. And so we oh, tested sure. it. Anybody's stock motor that we could find. Anybody who thought they had a stock motor, we would grab one, make it, you know, get the best ones we could find, and then test our stuff against it. We were always faster. So, so I mean, it's, you, you guys found that with the, and that leads me kind of into my next thing, which is, uh, you know, your speed controllers and the software that you guys are at with, I believe it's Vegas right now, is, is what it's called, right? Yeah. Um, there was no need to, to make any type of changes in that? Because I know that's a common question that comes up is, you know, what's Tekin's path with the speed controllers and the software? And I might be stealing a kind of a question there, eh, Matt, that was asked? Well, par partly, yeah. There, there was somebody that asked, you know, obviously with the Gen 3 motors coming out, are we going to be seeing Gen 3 ESCs? And, and I think we'd all be a little foolish to think no. I'm sure there's something they're thinking about working on, whether they're working on something or not. I don't know. And I'm sure oh, if they are, Randy ain't going to tell us. <laughs> well, we're always working on something. I mean, that's that's the, I don't want to say that's necessarily a difference, but, you know, versus some of the other manufacturers, Tekin does everything in-house. I mean, every all the software development's in-house, all the product development's in-house. We're not OEMing somebody else's product and just putting our name on it. Mm -hmm. So all the development's done by us. I mean, by us, my, myself, the engineering team, the the, the hardware group, I mean, all those guys are doing that stuff and they're all putting in their part. I mean, yes, are there's new products coming out? Yeah, of course there is. We're always working on something new. So um, there, uh, you know, a team software or software for the speed controller is actually a big part of my job. I obviously don't write that stuff because I'm not that smart, but I do test a lot of it. And I was actually testing all weekend this weekend on new software that the team's probably going to get sometime later, maybe next week to give them, let them have a shot at it. Um, the, 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 the motor versus like the speed controller feel, all that, the, the, they all have a hand in, in the way the overall car feels. So you can have a fantastic motor and the motor feels great on one particular speed controller, but if that software isn't necessarily, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, balanced out with that particular car, it might not feel exactly as good as it could. So right. a lot of times when we do big motor changes like we have, we go back to software and make sure that they're all working together and they're all copacetic. In stock, though, because the way Blinky's regulated, almost all the speed controllers feel really, really close to each other. Some guys claim there's more punch or this one's got better brakes, which is definitely true. Um, and that's where the software comes in. So, for example, I, I'm primarily an off-road guy. So I drive a lot of stuff in two-wheel drive buggy. It's the hardest class to drive. It's the most sensitive to, to changes. So when you drive that, especially on brakes, 
you know, the brakes have to be legit. They've got to be dialed. You've got to have good modulation. You've got to get good strength and you've got to have consistency with that stuff. And so um, that was actually some of the stuff I was testing over the weekend was just different brake profiles. Well, and, and so, um, go ahead. No, and to add to that is, you know, your, your transmitter. I mean, you know, you, you've got a million and one settings too where you can control, you know, uh, your expos and your, uh, the, don't mind me while I'm, pulling blanks but you know what i'm talking about you know yeah, you can there's make, expos epas all days, that yeah you know so i mean it's not just the speed controller because you could make a, a mistake on your transmitter which negatively affects the way the speed controller reads it and then it gets misread as well that speed controller doesn't break nice or it's not smooth or it's you know what i mean regardless oh, yeah. of what the you know no, so no. You, you get into this challenge where you got to make and, and this you know is a, probably a good piece of advice and randy you'll probably go with me is you got to make changes one at a time and small because I've gotten into that trap where you go and change <laughs> 10 things and then you're sitting there scratching your head saying, okay, wait a minute. Okay, what? What just happened? You know? <laughs> and then you just start over. You literally just go, you know what? Reset, factory defaults, clear the controller and start over. And you end up wasting more time, you know, trying to jump in, you know, knees deep rather than doing it in baby steps. And Oh, yeah. You know, I, I follow you a lot on Facebook, you know, and you always got your tips and tricks. And, you know, I know you, you bring up these points quite often. Yeah, I mean, you a lot of radio has a huge effect because obviously the, the speed controller is getting all of its inputs from the transmitter. So if the transmitter is not set properly, then obviously the speed controller is going to react accordingly. So um, there's a lot of times where... I don't use any exponential in my transmitter for the, the speed controller or even the steering most of the time because I want that to be as linear as possible. And so I don't have that affect the speed controller settings that I'm dealing with. And then EPAs, most of the time, the only EPA I ever touch is my brake strength EPA. And I'll just turn my brakes down to the overall power that I want and then I go. But for example, our speed controller, a lot of people obviously might be intimidated by it or they're slightly confused or they're not exactly sure what the settings are. But for example, on our brake settings, there's brake strength, there's drag brake, there's also active brake, and there's also brake minimum. And the reason why we have more settings than the average controller is because, for example, like an RS Gen 2, that might find its way into a two-wheel drive 17.5 buggy, or it might find itself into a three-cell rock crawler with an RRock 412 system in it, you know, running a completely different setup than a two-wheel drive buggy does. And so we need to have those adjustments because that controller is so versatile. Instead of like some other manufacturers where they'll take the same hardware and then they'll sell that same piece of hardware under a different product name or a different part number with different specific software. But we don't, and I agree with this, especially now being a dealer, is that's actually kind of frustrating because that means I can't need to carry two of the same speed controllers, even though the hardware is completely identical, but one's for one car, one's for another. You know, and that can get kind of you know hard to do. Instead, where I can just carry one speed controller that has them both covered. You just change software. Are, are you trying to tell me you sell something other than Tegan in your hobby shop? Unfortunately, I do. It's just the way it goes. I mean, it's a hobby <laughs> shop, and and granted, we we have a lot more Tekken than the average hobby shop does, I'm sure. But uh, at the same time, I mean, there's certain products or guys that uh, they demand, you know, Reedy or Orion or Hobby Wing, and so we of carry course. it. No, um, I I was just I'm just bugging you. I was just I thought sure. it was funny. That's no, I I, uh, <laughs> I went through a Hobby Wing speed controller the other day and and about shot somebody because I was so frustrated having to count beeps and buttons and flashing lights and. <laughs> No, I love the people do this system. still, but well, I mean, well, with a Tegan, I, I pull out my Android phone, plug into your speed yep. controller program and then done, you know, and, and that's the comment, you know, me and Matt had a conversation earlier today, funny enough, uh, cause he's dabbled a little bit, uh, 
with the uh, what is it, Matt? You got a? Uh, I got a. I ended up uh, getting a Reedy 410R black box. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I said to him, you know, and, and the comment was, is, you know, of course, there's a price difference and whatnot, and you know, we were just talking about but how it felt. And you got to remember, Mike, there, there's a reason why. Oh no, 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 I, no, have no, that I know, ESC. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> I'm just saying, well, but we're just talking. There is a smoking deal along with buying that ESC, a servo, and a motor, and a battery that had the name Reedy on. Remember when we and you first got into this in and. I was bugging you and razzing you for spending all the money on that Tekken. Yeah, and then then what did you do? You went out and wholesaled the whole freaking line. And then I saw how easy it was to program and the simplicity, and I was like, I don't care if it's $40 more. RX-8, RSX. (laughs) The fact that I can have this little dongle into my phone and I can do what I want without, like Randy just said, smashing buttons and watching blinking lights and counting. You and mean you like you did with that Novak ESC? Oh, oh God. <laughs> yes. Like, just, no. No thanks. I'm, there's nothing wrong with Novak. I will not bash anybody. But I, honest to God, like I used that Tekken ESC stuff. for a while. <laughs> oh, I just, I love how Tekken has made it mm-hmm. as confusing as it can be in the software because, and Randy said it, you know, we've gone through that, like, what's this mean? Like, what's this active break? But then you play with it, and you adjust it, and you're like, okay, I kind of get how it feels. And once you figure it out, that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. You know what it does. You know the, re- the the change it'll make, and you're golden. And that's it. You just set it, and you're like, you're happy. And then the other thing is is the the data logging that you get out of them. I mean, you know, we don't have a whole lot of experience I, with other stuff, but I, the data like logging that up. on a Tekken is unbelievable. It is. Now, a friend of ours, Ron Jackson, actually asked this question. Uh, he's wondering if Randy, ha- if you have any plans of making a more personalized YouTube video on how to analyze and read the data log information. Because I know for some people, it's just lines and numbers. They don't understand it. Like, you know, if you're kind of intuitive and you can figure it out. It's not bad. But, you know, the first few times I looked at it, I'm like, uh, uh, oh, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I've done a couple of clinics. Um, I've done one up at a main hobbies at their outback race. And then I've done one here, uh, actually at the, what is now our track. Um, and that some of those are actually on YouTube. So you can actually go watch that clinic live. Now, granted you're kind of a fly on the wall and the graphics might not be as good as they could be, but yeah, I, I definitely, if I have a group of guys that want to learn more about the data logger, um, what I can do is I can do another hangout, which I've done hangouts online. They're live hangouts. You can do live chat. You can kind of, I share my screen. You can kind of walk through and see what I'm doing and you can hear it while I talk similar to a podcast, but obviously it's got graphics to it. Um, and then I can field questions on the fly. And so, uh, it takes a little bit of time to set up and, and get that ahead of time. But yeah, if there's enough interest and enough demand, I'll be happy to do that. Sweet. The data log that, is, uh, we can do together with Randy, Matt, for sure. Yeah. I'd yeah. be interested in that. I'd like, yeah. I'd like to. Yeah, if you guys want to be a part of that, we can definitely work that out. It's um, it's pretty easy to do once you get into the Hangouts procedure. But um, the the day we're, we're familiar with it. Yeah, we're I did I did a six and a half hour long uh, live build as I built my SC5M. Oh, good God! So yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> the the data logger is an invaluable tool, though. I mean, I had a, a one of our team drivers up last weekend, Travis Brock, and he's from the SoCal area, and he's pretty hard on social media. And you'll see, he'd be a great guy to interview too. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Well, look him up. Um, he's worked on uh, multiple manufacturers and stuff in the industry. He's got really good insight on how that works. Um, he was actually up at my track just for on business, and so he came out for a couple of days, and we went over his cars and. I, I put the new software in there so you could see what I was working with. And so he had his pro stock car here 
And um, he was curious about gearing. And so we started pulling data logs out of it. And he's never actually messed with it a whole bunch because like a lot of people, he was just maybe a little intimidated or wasn't quite confident on what he was looking at. And so we went over it and uh, right there on the spot and he dropped, I don't know, two or three pinion gears that he would have never really considered before. But this car just kept going faster and faster and faster and it had more punch and better voltage at the end of the run. And so he was de he definitely understood exactly what I was looking for after that. And so it was amazing to see just over the course of an hour and a couple battery runs that he could figure out what we were doing and then understood, grasped the concepts for the most part and then went forward. And so he'll be able to take that and, and show other people that as well. Uh, one of the very first places I had that clinic was actually at the Cactus Classic a couple of years back. And uh, the guys from Hobby Co were there and they were just intrigued. They'd never seen that before and, and obviously didn't understand the data at the time. And so even they at one point asked us to go over there and, and show them like how that stuff would work so they could help their customer service reps. Because it's, it's, you can, not only does it help the racer, but it can help you diagnose things wrong with the car. So for example, I was at a big on-road race at Scotty uh, Ernst, you guys probably know who he is. Oh, yeah. He has his IIC race. And so we were the spec handout system for the spec GT class. So everyone runs match Tekken 17, five motors and the RS Gen 2 spec. So the spec speed controllers, it's, it's blinky only, period. Mm -hmm. You can't adjust any timing profiles. And so that class got basically 50 handout motors, 50 handout speed controllers, and then they were obviously allowed to use the data logging. So most guys were coming over and seeing me after the run and asking what they could do to gearing or improvements. And one guy was really frustrated. He thought he had a bad motor and his, his car was slower than everyone else's. And so I said, okay, we'll go run it and then bring it back here and let me take a look. And as soon as I plugged into the data logger, I could see what was wrong. His battery voltage was under eight volts before he even started rotating around the track. He had these most ridiculous turbo powered ducted fan, you know, things on the motor right. that were dropping the battery voltage down. It dropped half a volt before they even took a siding lap. And so that's why his car had no punch and no power because everyone else was hitting the track at 8.4 volts. Yeah. And so I, I made him a, a $20 bet for lunch that if you unplug those fans, but leave them on the car that I bet you'll be completely fine and, and you'll be as fast as everyone else. So he ended up buying me lunch later that day, but it was, you know, but he swore up and down that it was a bad motor, bad speedo. He had something slow. And so that's obviously one of those things you, you just can't cheat the data. It's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Just another tool. Eh? It's another tuning tool that allows you to pinpoint, you know, further down to exactly what, what's going on. Right. And, well, Mike, you know, yeah. Frank that we race with. That's how Frank figures out his gearing. He puts on oh, what I he know. thinks is good. He goes out and runs his, his, his vehicle he takes it off the track. He looks at his data logging from the ESC that he's using. He goes, okay, that was my max RPM with that. Okay, let's try this. He goes out there, and if the max RPM drops, he goes back to that other gearing. And, yep. it, and the guy's ridiculously fast. Yep. I mean, that's that's what we're looking for. I'm, I'm looking for the lowest gearing I can run without losing top speed. Mm -hmm. So if my car still shows acceleration and on the data logger, where in other words, I never see a flat-out top end where it stops accelerating... I know that I'm not, I'm, my car's not done accelerating, so I can keep dropping the gearing until I see that point, and then I go up, yeah. go back up one tooth. And we did that back in the brush days, too. You basically would get your brush motor until you blew one up, and then you go back a tooth. And unfortunately, you don't need a motor to it, but that's how you did it. <laughs> it uh, that's just the I'm way like, it mo Motors were a little bit cheaper back then, too, though, yeah. I think, eh? Well, you figure 45 bucks for a good competition stock motor, but the kicker was is that, you know, if you were running a competition stock motor, you had two or three of those and you went and skimmed the uh, calm every other couple runs and new brushes and seating. And so the life of that motor might cost you about 90 to 100 bucks if you think about it, because you'd probably put 15, 20 sets of brushes in that thing at five bucks a set. 
So that's why I kind of think it's actually funny that people think, oh, brushed motors were cheaper. Not really. Not at the top level, they weren't. You know, I'd spend 100 bucks on the motor until that motor grenaded, and then you're done. And nowadays, I can spend 100 bucks on a competition 17.5 motor and run it for years. I just need the dang Canadian dollar to turn around so I can get my RS Gen 2 fixed. Yeah. <laughs> I, sat on the, I sat on it too, too long, and the dollar started changing. I was like, yep, that's not getting fixed now. What's wrong with your RS Gen 2? Well... Uh, can we call it the ID10 tier? Uh, so I'm standing there and I'm getting ready to practice last April at this race. And I got the, the guy who runs the race over talking to me and Mike. And we're flapping our lips and we got Rick Seaford, <laughs> uh, Seafood down a little bit from us. And we're all sitting there yapping, yapping, yapping. I'm not even paying attention. Do I not plug the <laughs> son of a bitch in backwards? And the switch was on. Well done. Yep. And as soon as yeah. I put that, that one lead on, I went, I felt it in my thumb. I'm like, oh, for. I just did what I think I just did. Now, fortunately, like, another racer lent me an ESC and got me through the rest of the day, which was uh, an old RS uh, Pro. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I put it in my toolbox, and it sat in my toolbox, and I always intended to send it off. But now it would cost me, oh, probably about $130 Canadian to get it fixed. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> Shoot me an email later, and I'll, I'll, I'll work that out. We'll, we'll, fi- we'll make it right. But, yeah, you, know, oh, you oh, might oh. pay shipping back and forth, but I'll work it out. I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll pay shipping twice over back and forth. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's funny about that story is the last race I was at in St. Ignace there, Matt, didn't Joel pull the same thing? But his, his T can actually survive the reverse yeah. polarity plug-in. Yeah. But the thing shorted out so bad, Randy, it unsoldered the bullet while he was holding it with his thumb, like pushing it into the Oh, pack. yeah, and burnt his thumb, yeah. Burnt his <laughs> thumb. It was unbelievable, and he was like, oh, I hope it still works. I was like, well, I said, let's just stick the cable in the, the battery, and, and it lit up. So that one withstood the reverse polarity trick, but <laughs> Matt's didn't. No. If you're dodging bullets, that's for sure. I mean, they don't usually oh. they don't usually survive that more than a couple times, if at all. I mean, I have a team driver who's laughing and joking and told me he's done it like nine times to one speed controller. You know, I'm like, I don't want to hear that stuff, dude. Just, yeah, keep that to yourself. Those are the, the words don't come out of your brain. They stay there. You know, I don't want to hear that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, unfortunately that any, any product or items or components that you can put on the speed controller to prevent the reverse polarity from killing them adds so much resistance. It's, that's the reason why no one does it. Yeah. It, it that's just, why it's it not out, there, right? Exactly. It would take out so much power from the controller that no one would be happy with that. So what's your? I, I got I, I got to get going here. So I'm just gonna ask a couple questions. Yeah, back, get back them, here, and then Randy. I got a couple for them. Um, so, what's your opinion on the whole bullets right on the end of the ESC directly into the battery versus like a Traxxas or a Dean's connector in between? Um, I would rather see the least amount of connections you could possibly have on the car, and, and that probably comes from my automotive background. Uh, I, I view a connection as a weak spot. Period. Um, that's the reason why back in the round cell and brush motor days, we used to solder the wires directly to the motor tabs and directly to the battery uh, bars because it's a connection failure point. Um, you can you can get away with it, but I'm even kind of weird about my bullet connectors. I don't like the basket style um, just because there's not enough contact point on there for the amount of amp draw that we're putting through those things. Um, right. And if you can run five mils, I run them. Uh, four mils are okay, but you start running into like four-wheel drive short course or eight-scale electric, and the four mils, they're just not they're able to carry the heat. You'll see guys starting to like soften up the ends of the battery packs, or you see wires coming loose, and that's a sign of resistance. So I don't like, I don't really prefer to see a, a you know bullet connector to a Dean's or a bullet connector to a Traxxas connector, which Dean's and Traxxas connectors on their own right are fine, but yes. ideally, if you don't need the connector 
take it out of the equation. Right, yeah, because every connector is another just another spot of resistance, right? And the pan, and more like resistance said, and another and I, failure point. Yep. And I and I find with the buggies too, it's just another bulky thing you need to try to fit underneath the lid, and there's yeah. already no room there. You know. Correct. Yeah, but I mean, so. guys do it, and that's fine. But ideally, you know, again, it's just one extra connection. If you can eliminate it, take it out. Yep. No, I agree. I, I we solder everything. Like our motors go right off the ESCs. There's no connectors. Yep. You need to take it apart. You're whipping out a soldering iron, and it's yeah, just it, better that way. Yep, I agree. Hey, Mike, and, did you uh, hear, you want to hear my latest hair hair scheme idea? Yeah, make it quick. So I can run stock buggy and, and mod buggy. What's that? I'm going to build a whole nother transmission and bolt the motor with my gearing and everything and just change them out and solder them in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, good for you. <laughs> it's cheaper than buying a whole nother car. I could imagine over time all that heat on the motor is not going to go over well, but Randy will put his two cents in on that. <laughs> it's not enough heat to really hurt anything. As long as you're using a good iron, you can get that wire off in a second or two, your dial. It's not enough heat to get down into the motor. Now, if you're yeah. taking 20 seconds to take us off a, a, a wire lead, you've got problems. That iron's not sufficient. But yeah, like a good hockey or something like that, I can take a motor wire off in two seconds. It comes right off. So that's not enough heat to hurt anything. There you go, soldering 101, Matt. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um, my next question for you, Randy, is this, and this is just me being being me. <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt, okay? Yep. Speak freely. Yep. What the heck is the deal with the glue on the motor to the box? <laughs> I had to sit here and peel off with my thumb for 10 minutes, and I literally cursed you the entire time. I said, Randy Pike did this on purpose, spite me. Because of my comments earlier this year. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't care for your comments, actually. But no, it's... <laughs> all joking aside, that was actually some of the funniest text messages I've gotten from team drivers when they started getting their Gen 3 stuff. Because all the Gen 3 stuff I've had up until that point was prototype. Pre-production right. part. So it doesn't come in packaging. And hell, I didn't see the packaging until the team saw it. So it was one of those things that was kind of funny because when they shipped... Everyone's like, dude, what is this like booger on my motor? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. And because my stuff comes like bubble wrapped and shrink wrapped, it's not in a container. So they show it to me. I'm like, wow, what the hell is that? So I, I contact Jim, who's the owner of Teak, and I'm like, dude, what is this? He goes, oh, that's a, a sticker dot. I'm like, for what? He's like, well, it helps hold the motor in place when they're in packaging and they get shipped overseas and stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, is it the same sticker dots we put the speed controllers in inside the package? He goes, yeah. I'm like, dude, the guys hate that. It just rips the cardboard off. So um, what it is, it's obviously a sticker dot. They are kind of a pain in the ass to remove at times. The, the trick is to get off as much of a section as you can and then take that and continue to try to take it off with the dot itself. It loves sticking to itself more than right. it likes sticking to the motor. But Actually, you, know, you know what I use that worked really good? is uh, I've got this CalRC Moo Clean electronic and cleaner and degreaser. Yeah. A little bit of that on a paper towel took it right off. It really wasn't nice. that bad. I just, I just wanted to kind of grill you on it and give you a hard time because I can. Yeah, it's, it's the same dot that we put the Speedos on with, and, and yeah, a lot of guys aren't fans. But when, unfortunately, when those things go overseas, the packaging's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Oh, for it's sure. a lot of money for on sure. that packaging. It's pretty to look at, so it's, it's supposed to help keep the motors from bashing that front window. It was, uh, it was quite obvious why it was there, and I, like I said, I was just like, oh, come on, like, really? <laughs> like, it couldn't have used a little bit less or maybe... Oh, I know. No, little, but see, yeah. but see, this is the same guy who would have got that motor, and it wouldn't have been there, and it would have smashed against that little window you can see it through. Went, oh man, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, I got motor boogers or snot snot on my motor. It was pretty funny. Team <laughs> drivers thought it was hilarious. No, that's motor funny. Motor boogers. And uh, 
and I mean, uh, Randy, I, like I said, I, all joking aside, I mean, uh, anything I've said before, I hope it hasn't offended you or anything like that. I know I kind of got into it the one day when we found out about the Gen 3s, and I was kind of poking <laughs> fun at Tegan, but I'll tell you right now, I am... He's got Tegan everything. Yeah, I got Tegan You guys everything. made batteries, so, he'd have Tegan batteries. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I, if you made Tegan underwear, I'd probably buy a pair too, because they'd probably be so awesome. Yeah, that's, that's kind of an inside joke, actually. But yeah, I mean, we, we <laughs> Tegan had batteries at first, and um, it, it got to the point where there were so many battery companies involved, but it was just the same battery with 16 different stickers on it that we didn't feel that there was enough room in the market to and, and offer something that was better than anything else. I mean, at some point, the batteries are just, they're batteries. They are what they are, but... Um, yeah, the Gen 3, obviously. I, I we're, we're pretty thick-skinned at Tekken. Don't get me wrong. We're Good. extremely passionate about our company and our brand. It's a, like a big family that we work with. So, yeah, you, you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, you might get a little scolding. Or, you know, even better, when you meet us at a racetrack and stuff like that, you might get a funny look. But for the That's most okay. part, yeah, it's all in good fun. I mean, we don't take it too personal. Okay. Well, I'm glad you don't. And like I said, I uh, I am definitely uh, 100% on board, and I don't see myself going anywhere. So anything I say is always all in fun and jokes and you know you oh, know sure. what i mean oh, yeah. you know brush if i if i was sitting beside you i'd give you a nudge <laughs> yeah no doubt <laughs> um so my last and final question is this okay i know you guys have to keep things you know on the dl and and whatnot but if there is ever an opportunity to get to test some software you know that has to stay you know between us and the MBN podcast. I would love to have my fingers in that. I love that stuff, man. Getting to just tinker. You know, again, I understand that you can't, you just can't do it and whatnot. But when you can, you know, keep keep us in mind or me, and I would be more than happy to do anything you would ask. Yeah, there's um there's a couple papers that, that, that like even the team guys signed for some of that. So there's NDAs and all that stuff, which for those that don't know is a non-disclosure agreement. So, yep. um, yeah, we've we've had, in the past we've had issues with some of the drivers sharing stuff they shouldn't have been sharing. So we've kind of we've 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 definitely tightened up on the team software as far as like what's allowed to go out and stuff like that. But um, the software that's coming is even public release. It's upcoming right now. It's pretty slick. I mean, it's got a lot of new features. Uh, for example, something that we've been asked to put in RX-8 for a long time was an adjustable reverse delay. That's right. coming in the new software. Actually, I want to ask you that question, too, now that you just brought that up. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, there, see you, something. Yeah, Mike's biggest gripe with Tegan, we're gonna, so we're going to call it. Why on God's earth does it take so long to get into reverse? It's not so long. It's one full second. But it's, everyone's so impatient. <laughs> No one waits a full second. They wait like seven tenths of a second or eight tenths of a second. And every time you hit that trigger, you reset that time. Second, yeah. That's right. Oh, you know how many times I've sat there and gone, oh, this Tegan in this forever reverse. Oh, dude, I, I went to uh, I went to a U4RC race I was invited to. And the guys at Axial hooked me up with this Yeti, uh, Yeti to race. And so I got this thing set up and I'm, I'm out there for the U4RC race and I'm warming up and I'm taking practice laps. And I'm, of course, cringing because we don't ever treat a race car that way. It's cracking and smashing and bouncing around. It's like, oh God, this thing's gonna break into a million pieces. I can't believe I hit that rock. And and I'm out there and I'm running just breaks. And I never really understood why those guys were always complaining about needing reverse until I finally got stuck up against a rock. And so I get it. <laughs> One full second while racing seems like an eternity. But and, yep. and basically at that point on, I started going over some stuff with the engineering group. I'm gonna look, dude. We need to have an adjustable reverse delay. I can stop this car and for one full second say a couple curse words and then I can get reverse. But it needs to be faster than this. And so the new one's actually set up to where you have a time. You can set it to half a second, seven tenths of a second, two tenths of a second. You can turn it down to zero or 0.01 or whatever you want to do. 
And so that's coming with this new software update. Is that, is that going to span into the 10 scale ESCs as well? Or? I, I believe it is. Yeah. Once you engage reverse, you'll have the reverse delay feature. So um, a little extra window pops up and gives you the timer on it. Um, oh, RX-8 has always been the biggest gripe, especially from like the Summit guys or the U4RC race group. Um, all those guys really wanted that stuff. Um, there's also some other software improvements coming out. The new, um, the new feel for the RS Gen 2, RS Gen 2 spec, and RSX, including the RX-8. So basically brushless across the board has greatly improved. The brakes are even better. The throttle feel and throttle control is even better. The mid-range feels really that is, is a, a thousand times better. And everyone who's gotten to drive it, even a couple of local drivers that are local to me that that basically I, I blind tested software, let them test it. They didn't know what I changed on the car, which actually technically I changed no settings at all. I just gave them the new software. Even they came back just shaking their head and just couldn't be – we were amazed at how much better it was. No, that's, that's the one thing I miss about my RS Gen 2 is having – the, the brakes on the Tekken ESC far exceed the brakes on the ESC I use now. Yeah. Like I, I, like I got the ones on now turned down so far that like if I have to stop, it's not happening. I got enough brake yeah. that I can stop, slow down for corners so it doesn't spin out, but I can't right. stop. It takes about 10 feet for my car to stop rolling. Is that the, the, the black one? It's not the Reedy. No? Okay. No. Because I, I, I've had some experience with some of the black stuff, the black box stuff. I've driven that controller just to test against our own stuff. And I've had drivers like the swear up and down, they love them. And some drivers swear up and down, it's the worst thing ever. But we get the same thing too. And, and ultimately what it comes down to is finding the brand that you're happy with, finding the brand that gives you the support you're looking for, find the one that has the feel and adjustments that you're looking for, and then learn it. Mm -hmm. Because it's amazing to me to like, I'll see these, like I'm obviously new to this area where I'm at. It's a new racetrack. A lot of guys are starting to figure out, you know, about who I am and what I know. And I've talked to guys that, for example, they've been racing their four-wheel drive short course for three months. And they've never even done a radio calibration. They didn't know they had to. Oh my God. <laughs> they put it in and it worked. So, you know, you're like, what, wait, what? You never did a radio calibration? No, did it just worked? Okay, well, give me your car for a minute. This is going to be an experience. You do the radio calibration for it, put in a nice brake profile, and they come back and they're just like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I was actually driving my car without doing any of that stuff. This is ridiculous. Hey. Matt, we laugh. We've been there and done that, though, right? Like, dude, dude the, I did that with my SC10RS uh, back when we first got the first electric car. I'm like, dude, yeah. this thing is not moving at all. He's like, well, did you calibrate it? I'm like, you got to do that? Was, yeah. No, yeah. It was funny. The funny part on top of that was was that basically having learned that and then obviously realizing that I know actually what I'm talking about. I'm not just some Yahoo that works there. Sure. I started helping him do suspension adjustments on his truck for his techno trucks. So and I get him closer to my setup. He goes from being like a top of the B main to like second or third in the A main in less than a month. Holy. So he's just like, dude, this is the best thing ever. You know, he's there twice a week now. Nice. He's running and practicing and testing and trying to hone his car and get his settings down. And so now he's like a force to be reckoned with in the class. And it's funny because you know, it's amazing. No matter how much good information we can post out there, no matter how much we do for social media or podcasts or hangouts or, you know, how to videos and stuff, it's people still don't always find that information. And so like you were saying, what does active braking do earlier? On Tekin's website, if you go to the Hotwire page, there's actually an interactive live walkthrough of the software. And so, so I for learned example, it all. Yeah, it's awesome. If you, and our, Tyson, um, our, our web guy, did this thing. And if you go basically to the Vegas Hotwire guide, which is where it ends up taking you, you can literally click on all the setup tab, the brake tab, throttle tab, timing tab, curve tabs, and all the settings on those tabs. And it'll literally click and, and you can make the adjustment. It'll tell you what it does yep. verbatim live. Like you're actually working on a speed controller. It's awesome. 
that was a pinnacle turning point when I actually found that and kind of went setting by setting and read it and understood it and played with it. And I was like, okay, now I understand what I'm doing when I make this change. Where before you were just making the change with hopes and dreams, right? Which usually doesn't go very well. Or educated yeah. guesses. Yeah. Well, you know, but, you know, when you understand every, what you're doing, you can apply it in a better way, you know? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I find when I understand something, it works better for me. And I think <laughs> that would go for anybody, right? Yep. No, so. I agree. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, Tyson did a lot of work on that Hotwire Guide. And honestly, everyone I've showed it to just gets the oh moment every time they see it you know it's like oh yeah i can click on this oh that's what that thing does oh crap i had that completely backwards or yeah and interpretation is half the battle right like sometimes one person will read something and understand it one way and then another person will read it and both people have a different interpretation yep you know so sometimes you got to kind of get over that hill but you know I find, you know, in this, in, in what we do and in, in where we race, you know, most people are pretty good. You talk to each other, you hammer it out, you know, you argue back and forth, you know, friendly arguments and you usually figure it out and everybody agrees and then you're on your way. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of this hobby that I actually like the most is the, the people you meet, you know? Yeah, no, it's actually one of the reasons why that, you know, we are who we are as far as teaching goes. I mean, I, I don't. Now, I'm not necessarily bragging, but just pointing out some differences between us and some of the other manufacturers. I mean, when you get to, if you want to reach out to some of the team managers, some of them are easier to get a hold of than others. But for example, you might, you know, you might get on Tekin's live chat, which is our live chat support system on our website. And you actually will end up talking to me sometimes or our CS manager, Jeremy Potter. And then we're actually racers. So when you're talking to one of us, we race cars. I mean, we race some of the cars <laughs> you race. We race in the classes you race on. And so we're, we know exactly what we're talking about with gearing and setups and how to make changes. And then even the guys that answer support emails, the guys that answer our support system, they are racers, they are drivers, they are rock crawlers. I mean, these guys are actual pilots, they're factory drivers. We know the product. And nine times out of 10, we know the models that you're using. We don't know everything because there's so many different cars out there. But I mean, the more information you give us, the better help that we can offer you. And that's something that not all the manufacturers have access to. I mean, emails, live chat, that's kind of typical, but even social media, for example, you guys see me, I'm on there all the time. And so I get a, you know two, three dozen questions about setups or stuff on various pages. I mean, my Randy Pike RC page, sometimes my personal page, or even the Tekken website pages for social media. We get a lot of inquiries that way. And it's kind of cool because you get to interact with your customer base directly, you know, without any filters. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. What, um, <laughs> two more questions and then I'm honest to God done. What's so funny? Because I keep asking questions. I don't shut up. <laughs> no, it's just like, okay, I got to go. One more question. Okay, wait, one more question. Okay, so two what, more questions, then I'm done. What kind of batteries do you run, Randy? I run ProTech. Um, I got picked up by ProTech a couple years ago um, after uh, traveling to the Outback uh, Raceway and meeting up with A-Main's owner, Kendall Bennett, which is also ProTech's uh, one of the A-Main brands. Uh, I was running some other branded stuff before then, and I didn't really have an affiliation with anybody. And so uh, that was when 8-Scale Electric and 4 Drive Short Course had come out and it was getting really, really big. And they had realized early on that that was one of the, the larger loads for batteries. They were having a lot of problems. So they actually gave me some prototype stuff to test and asked me to grade some of their batteries. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just blanked out. I really couldn't tell. They were numbered 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Um, and we tested some stuff, and I was checking out some numbers and, and I gave them back to that. Um, and that's actually how I ended up on the, the ProTech race team. I, it got to the point where they... They realized that I'm used to testing equipment and their feedback and stuff was really, really good. Um, and we proved, you know, what was good and what was bad. And they appreciate that feedback. So they actually put me on the factory team for that stuff. 
Um, but for, prior to that, I've, I've used Thunder Power with good success. Um, SMC stuff's pretty good. Um, but there are definitely some batteries better than others. That's for sure. You can't fake a good battery. Oh, for sure. Oh, we, we've learned that big time. Yeah. Especially on the eight scale stuff. You know, you get into that four cell, uh, those truggies where you're just unbelievable amounts of power coming out of those things. And Oh, yeah. 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 It, 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 it don't actually, you know what, honest to God, tests the battery the most? Boat. Boats. Boats is a nasty load. That is like racing a car on the sand. Boats is a constant, continuous, heavy load, lots of drag. They look like they're going amazingly fast, but yeah, boats are one of the worst loads ever that yep. you can put anything in, gas, electric, or otherwise. Um, we actually do some boat testing. Um, Tyson, our in-house guy, does a lot of that stuff. We're trying to push really hard on certain controllers for a constant heavy load. They'll, they'll throw it in a boat. Yeah, He's oh, got I've... the big Traxxas boat, if I remember correctly. He'll throw that in the boat and take it to the lake because there's a Pardon lake about two, five, two miles down the street from Tekken. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, we learned boats will eat batteries very quickly. I'm going to go try oh, yeah. and run my boat in the field. On the on the snow? Yeah. Snow boat? I've seen that. That's mm -hmm. actually really cool. There's a cool video of a guy with a Traxxas boat running <laughs> on like six cell on like just straight powder fluff. It was awesome to watch. <laughs> I'm going to go try. So I just want to revisit before I say goodbye uh, on the software thing. Do you have like a time frame? You said that, you know, it's kind of getting to your team guys and eventually public. Is there a timeline you have or? Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly have a timeline date because it really depends on any bugs we find or, or display errors. But I'm actually testing the public version right now. So I haven't found anything wrong with it necessarily. I got a, I haven't got a chance to, to work with the, the software guys today. Um, usually I get with those guys on Mondays after testing. Um, and send them any bug reports, but I haven't found anything. So generally speaking, barring them finding anything, you might see that software come out as early as February 1st. It really just depends on if anybody's finding any problems with either uploads or data log or display errors. There, there's a lot of stuff going on in that software. So sometimes it's simple things. We might find that the controller doesn't work in brushed reverse mode, which the, the customers probably will never find necessarily, but right. you know, we find it. Obviously, it needs to get fixed. So. Well, like I said, if you're able to get that out, that public, you know, out a day or two before it actually hits the public, I'll, I'll, I'm your man. I'm your man. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. You let Matt know. I, I, I doubt I'll hear from you. It's fine. I, I know how I, it is. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of a busy guy with some of that stuff. I don't make any promises. You'll kind of notice that. I do talk in some of the government vagary. Um, yes, I know. I can tell. Yeah, it's, I can either admit nor deny that there might be software coming out type of thing, but <laughs> that unfortunately is just where we're at with it. Because it, and, and you guys know this with RC, anytime anybody gives you a hard date, it's either one of the biggest successes in RC or it's the biggest regrets in RC. Mm -hmm. oh, look and at your B, look at your B four four three, Matt. You had like a complete psychotic mental dude. breakdown when it didn't come out. I was supposed to have it the first time I when I pre ordered it. It was in July. It was supposed to be out by early September. Then it was pushed, then it was pushed, then it was pushed. Right. And then I finally got it in, like, November. Right. So, yeah. It was frustrating. No, no, that's great. It, it's good to hear new software because it has been, it's probably, what, been over a year, eh, Randy, that you guys have put out what's current yeah, think, right now? Yeah, I think 250's been out for about 14 months if I go back and look at some of my notes. But, yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the nicer things, too, is once we get on good software, we don't find it. We, we'll always be pushing forward on improvements. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipelines right now at Tekken. Not just software, but obviously hardware and some peripherals and stuff like that that we really can't comment on. But um, the, the future is going to be pretty cool at Tekken. I mean, there's definitely some stuff that we're doing that's revolutionary. There's some stuff that's innovative, and that's actually what we're all about. We, we, I mean, there's a lot of speedo and motor combinations out there where there's lots of choices out there for manufacturers and customers alike, and we know that. 
which is one of the reasons why we always try to make sure that we're ahead of everyone else, that we're doing something that's unique. And we kind of refer to it as tokenizing things. But like our Hotwire app, you know, there's lots of manufacturers that have tried doing some of that stuff. But not only can you make the adjustments on the speed controller now with your tablet or your phone, but you can actually look at the data logging on it. And that's pretty impressive when you consider how, you know, where we were at just even five years ago, where everyone was, you know, pissing and moaning about having a laptop at the track. Well, <laughs> now you don't need a laptop. You just take your regular smartphone out of your pocket, and make an adjustment. Yep. You know, we've got something that I think is pretty big. You know, it's comparable to that kind of a change. And that's going to be coming out hopefully here in the next year. Well, if you ever want to talk about it, let us know, because we'd be more than happy to listen about to it. For sure. Yeah, sounds good. No problem. You know I'll be more than happy to ask you if I can have it early. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, Mike. Well, Matt, for me, I uh, I have to get going here. I've overstayed my my time already. I'm going to get the stink eye when I go upstairs. Sure. I know it already. Just remember, slow and steady wins the race, bro. Yeah, I know. You don't want to have to use that walker and wear that purple bracelet again. I'm going to have to eat another popsicle, I think. <laughs> so... All right. right all right, Mike, we'll hey, talk Randy, to you after. I, I appreciate talking to you, and I appreciate you taking the time and, and giving us all the information and, you know, just being uh, being who you are, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me again. All right. I'm out, guys. Take care and have a good night. Later, Mike. Hey, Mike. Bye. Okay, now let's get into some of the Facebook questions, Randy. <laughs> okay, let's I, do it. I knew Mike was going to have a ton of them, um, yeah. so that's why, and I knew he only had so much time, so that's why I let him do a lot of the like I said, he's a he's a diehard Tekken guy, and I'm not saying I'm not a diehard Tekken guy. Um, I just don't like creating waves with my wife. Fair <laughs> enough. So I pick and choose my battles. Um, sure. Okay, so first one is from a Barry Carson, and we actually covered this one uh, before, um, so that's why I'm going to ask it now so we can just touch on it again. Uh, basically, okay. he's asking what the advantage to, and disadvantage might be of running electronic timing as opposed to uh, motor can timing. And we, we talked about this before. So go ahead and maybe if you want to go over it again real quick. Yeah, motor can timing, for example, is a static timing. So you're really kind of stuck to that timing. Let's say you set it to 35 degrees. You have 30, 30, excuse me, 35 degrees of motor can timing throughout the entire RPM range. Now, on a Tekken speed controller, for example, you can obviously do that th same 35 degrees of timing boost, but now you have the option to basically introduce when and how quickly that timing comes in. So you can actually use your start and end RPMs to basically adjust your power band for that exact same amount of timing, but you get to control when it comes in, how fast it comes in, and obviously when it's fully applied. And that's really the biggest benefit. So for example, let's say you're on a slippery track where you need the top speed that the 35 degrees of timing gives you, but it's too much power down down low. You can change your start and end RPMs and say raise your end RPMs to 30,000 from 20,000 and your start RPM from five to maybe 12. So your car is gonna have a little bit less power applied as it comes out of the corner. But once you've got a chance to straighten it out and put the extra power down, that power starts coming in for you. And that's really the biggest advantage. You can control the how, when, and why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so another one here uh, comes from a friend of, a friend of ours, uh, Jeremy Dre. And he, wa he wants to know, what do you think the best fit ESC for a two-wheel drive short course truck and four-wheel drive 10-scale buggy are? I kind of have my opinion on that, but let's see what you have to say. Obviously, you're the, you're the man for Tekken when it comes to this stuff. So, Yeah, I mean, usually my first question at that point is, are they going to race stock or are they going to race mod, or is there potential for them to race both? So that question, for example, if he's looking for one speed controller to do both those applications, so both two-wheel drive short course and a four-wheel drive buggy, my decision's pretty quick. It's an RSX. Mm-hmm. Period. Because in a four-wheel drive buggy, aside from running like maybe a 13.5, 
the RSX is the right speed controller all day long. I've seen a lot of guys run 13.5 four-wheel drive, which is really popular over here on the West Coast area. Mm-hmm. It's like a super stock 13.5 version. The RS Gen 2 handles that really without any problems. But as soon as you start going into lower turn motors and a four-wheel drive car, it needs to be an RSX. And then that's, you know, unless it's a short course, which obviously if it's a four-wheel drive short course, we're done with that conversation. Also, that's an RX-8. Yeah. Um, in a two-wheel drive short course, the RS Gen 2 works really good with down, down to 8.5. Um, but if you're going to run a full mod with an R, like a seven, five, like I do on my two wheel drive short course, you're running an RSX. So that's probably my decision with that. RSX. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, pr- I pretty much agree with you on that. It's just, you know, it's funny you mentioned the 13, five, four wheel drive buggy. I, I recently put one of my, uh, my, my gen two 13, five, um, back in, um, uh, my four wheel drive buggy. And we, I was at a race this past weekend and the one guy, uh, one guy, he's running one of those team C, uh, four wheel drive buggies and he's got like six and a half turn motor in it. And uh, we were talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm just running a 13.5. He goes, what? I'm like, yeah, it's just a 13.5. He goes, there's no way. I'm like, I'll show you the motor. It's a 13.5. Dude, he's like, that is stupid fast. I said, I know. I said the same thing because I was one of these guys where I'd like, oh, I'd rather have the the lower turn motor and have more power when I need it. But then I put the 13.5 in it and it's just like, okay, I'm still, I'm faster with it. So lap times rule everything, man. I mean, if you can't, you know, 6.5 or even a 5.5, that's a lot of horsepower. And so there are a lot of times where, the track layout or the track size may not dictate where you can use that kind of horsepower. So sometimes a 13.5 with a little bit of boost is is actually faster and easier to drive quickly around the track. So I judge it all off lap times. You know, wheel spin looks really, really cool yeah. on the track and so do wheelies, but you can't accelerate if you're spinning the wheels or if your front end's in the air. It doesn't work that, that way. Yeah, you know? exactly. You got to let out of it to get those wheels back down so you can That's steer. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's another one. Uh, funny enough, the 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 guy that I was talking about that was running the Team C, he asks, uh, <clears throat> "What is one of?" And I I think we've talked this one too before. What is the most commonly misunderstood thing about the Tekin programming interface? The 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 most the most misunderstood one is probably the throttle and brake minimums, and then after that would be active braking. So throttle and brake minimums literally are the minimum amount of power that is applied to either the brakes or the throttle from a zero neutral point to the very first step of throttle or brake. That's really simple. I mean, most of the time in like, say for example, two wheel drive off-road, we're down on zero brake minimum and then throttle minimum is usually around three or four. Um, on a rock crawler though, for example, you want those cranked all the way down because it's just too sensitive because of the gear reductions, for example, mm-hmm. you're 400, 500 to one sometimes. The active brake setting, however, in two wheel drive buggy, I always turn it completely off. That gives me really linear brake feel. Versus, for example, on my two-wheel drive short course, the active brake actually adds as like a multiplier of sense. So um, if I'm normally doing my push braking off the straightaway, I'm pretty you know mild with the inputs and, and getting the car around the track. But when you're going over these big jumps with the two-wheel drive short course, they always want to jump nose high most of the time. So when you're slapping that, that brake trigger, the, the speed controller is seeing how fast those brakes are applied and then actually multiplies to the brake force to help snap that front end down. Yeah. And that's also really popular in, for example, spec 17.5 touring car where the motors don't make great brake power to begin with. Mm-hmm. Those guys start cranking up the brake power there as well. Oh, geez, yeah. that's, that's kind of nifty. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. All right, so uh, Tom, I'm not even going to try and say your last name, Tom. I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> where can I get a fan housing for an RSX? <laughs> uh, let's see, fan housing part number. I'll look that up real quick because I should have that. Is... Um, Hang on. I'm going to click on the reply here and I'll put it in for him. Yeah. The lower case is a part number TT3834. TT3834, uh, most of the, 3834, right? Yep. That is a lower case kit and a fan shroud. Um, that should come with uh, the screws and the shroud and, and I should already have stickers put on it. 
uh, Tower Hobby, Stormer, A-Main, any of the good online shops are going to have that. But if your uh, local hobby shop needs to order that, that should be able to order that through regular distribution. Perfect. Funny enough, you mentioned distribution. A friend of uh, of the shows, uh, we visit his uh, his track that he sets up once a month. It's an indoor carpet track. Uh, Casey is wondering, why can't he order any RSXs? <laughs> Yeah, we're getting it a lot right now. So RSXs have been on back order for, I don't know, four to five weeks. Um, there's basically been a component change um, inside. So anytime we do a component change, um, a lot of times out of 10, it actually doesn't affect anything, but we're really paranoid. Right. So we'll actually sit there and test units. And so basically myself, the team, and everyone inside Teak has been testing the RSX after this particular component change. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's, it's, it's kind of a stupid component. It's just one of the surface-bounded pieces. But... Um, anytime you're changing anything, when these, I mean, we're talking about little tiny, like not really grains of sand, but they're tiny little, tiny little pieces. Mm-hmm. It can affect a lot of different things. It can affect drive, feel, any kind of, you know, way the other components react to that particular change. And so because it was a, a change that we weren't really prepared to or scheduled in, we, we pulled units and obviously we take the, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 units and then run them through the gambit and make sure that everything's completely legit. And unfortunately, right. that was also during the holiday period. Yes. <laughs> and so you can kind of get the idea. It just took a little bit longer than it normally does. But those should be get back shipping to all distribution channels, I think, next week. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll yeah. let them know. I think the Gen 3 systems also kind of threw in a little bit of a hitch with that, too. Because right. RSX was, you know, we haven't packaged those with Gen 3 motors. And so I think that's also one of the reasons why you see a lull in production. All right. All right. One last one here. And then Two. I'll think about anything I might have had to ask you. But I think most of these have covered it. And Mike covered a lot of the ones that I was going to ask. Uh, okay. th- this guy, Darren, asks, the difference between Tekin's ESC electronic components on the PCB and other ESC manufacturers, higher spec components, etc. Like, well, I guess what he's wondering is, like, do you guys use higher spec components than your competitors? Like, let's be real. We 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 both know that 90% of the ESCs out there are the exact same PCB. They maybe have a different software on them. They might have a different feature. But for the most part, a lot of them are the exact same. They're just in different cases. They look different. There's this. They're, but, but they're all the same. Yeah, I mean, and you could definitely, without naming names, I mean, it's pretty simple. Google searching and figuring out, like, which particular... <laughs> you know, programmer connects to five other speed controllers. So that kind of comes, becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. nine times out of 10, we're using super heavy copper boards, a lot of gold plated connectors, the bullet, you know, our, our posts and things like this. I mean, there is, if we don't really skimp on product, I mean, you can tell this and here's, here's how I'll explain it. For example, the very first generation RS and RS pro, those speed controllers were almost five years old before we replaced them. You know, I, there's guys still running those in drag racing, the RS Pros. Yes, there's certain drag racing guys swear by them, and mm-hmm. even the one-cell oval guys swear by that speed control. That, and that's why, because it's the yeah. one-cell drag race guys that love them. Yeah, and that's because that speed control was originally designed when before LiPo batteries existed. Mm-hmm. So that software has the ability to actually turn off any kind of voltage cutoff or voltage protection, versus the new stuff, for example, doesn't necessarily have that feature built into it. Mm-hmm. We have voltage cutoff. That's just the way it works. Yeah. But yeah, they swear by those things. Um, but yeah, you can tell by the shelf life or the, the the service life of that particular item how well the components are. If you look at some of the other manufacturers, they're out with a new unit every couple of years, even though maybe they're not making that particular unit, but you can just see that they're going through revisions of that product where we're four or five years into a particular product platform and we do software improvements to that, but the hardware really never changes. Yeah, and, we, so and that, we've discussed that, that before. Yeah, and that's why you can tell that we're using higher end products because if you're using the 
the most inexpensive particular components. So you don't generally you know, last long and you end up having to go and change them or change the layout or change some features and to, com to compensate for that stuff. So, I mean, RSX has been out for a couple of years. Um, there's really no performance issues with it. It's kind of old, been a bulletproof flagship speed controller for us. It's, it's built aluminum housing, which is the other thing you can see compared to ours. The whole housing is built aluminum, not, not molded, not, you know, five different pieces of it. That is a chunk of build aluminum machine individually, one at a time. And that's just the way we think it should be done. Same with our motors, for example. Now that there's, there's not a piece of tubing that makes up the main body of that motor, like some of the other ones. That is a build aluminum sleeved can with build aluminum inbuilt plates. And there's a reason why it fits and finishes and the feels, you know, feels like a quality component because it is. I mean, we don't skimp on any of that stuff. And even the bearings that we put in our motors, those are ABEC 5 rated bearings from the kit. Yes, they're more expensive, but that's what we feel needs to be in there. We could save, you know, 50 cents a buck a motor if we put really cheap Chinese bearings in there, but yeah, we don't but think that's the right thing to do. Then you're going to have pissed off customers. Well, I mean, but it's acceptable to some level. A lot of guys put bearings in their motors all the time because they go bad. But at the same time, for us, that's not what we're looking for. You know, we want our customers to, you know, we, we are, we realize that we necessarily aren't the cheapest, although sometimes we're actually right there with everybody else, which is how it is 90% of the time. But at the same time, the people that buy Tekken, they're buying quality. They mm -hmm. know they're buying the quality components. They're paying a little bit more. If they end up paying more for it at all, they're paying for more uh, higher end equipment. And they also know that the level of support they're going to expect. Well, and that's actually what we're looking at. To me, it's, it's not, when, when you're buying a Tekken product, it's not money wasted. That's kind of what I look at it as. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you buy those motors and those ESCs that are dirt cheap because they're throwaway. If you cook the motor, if you cook the ESC, it's just whatever. Disposable. Yeah. Yeah, they're disposable. And, and that's what yeah. I mean by that. Like when you're yep. buying Tekken, you're, you're making an investment in something you intend to, to use for an yep. extended period of time. Yeah, it's just like, I, you know, I'm an old automotive guy, so it's like tools. I mean, sure, I could get my job done with some Stanley tools or some tools from Home Depot or Husky or whatever, and that's fine for the average guy. When you're a professional mechanic, you've got to be using tools that you basically, you know, you know make your living with. You're going to use Mac and Snap-on and Matco, not necessarily because they're always a better tool, but because I know that if that tool breaks, I have it replaced the next time I see my tool guy next week. Yeah, I don't get a hesitation. That's just replaced, and that car, I'm, I'm, I'm back to work with that particular you know, component. And at Tekken, we try to do that same thing. I mean, ideally, we don't ever want you to have to contact our service department or our support department, but at the same time, we're also realistic in saying that anything that's man-made has a potential to fail, and mm -hmm. we realize that. So when you do contact our service, our support, we want to be able to offer you the best service and support we possibly can, which is why we hire the individuals that we hire. And so that's, you know, that's something that you're always getting from us is, is individual support. And, you know, you're going to talk to either me or our CS manager, and we know what we're talking about. We're racers. We drive it. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, so I got to ask you too. Uh, it, it, has Tekken ever thought of doing like a trade-in program where guys that have Gen twos or anything like that could send them in, and as long as they're not literally like if you're getting a whole motor, they can get a discount on a new motor or. Um, we, we do it on speed controllers already. So you can take it like, for example, if your RS Pro finally goes bad or you, you do the little oops-a-daisy thing and you plug it in backwards, you can send it in and, and trade it in against an RS Gen two or an RSX. Um, the downside, though, for like motors, for example, though, there's nothing really you can really do with that motor. I mean, even the speed controllers, we really can't do a whole lot with that speed controller. If it's pretty beat up and we can't rebuild it to where we feel it can it can provide another customer with 100 percent you know, satisfaction and performance. Right. A lot of times they're just scrapped um, and we just consider it owner loyalty type of thing. But that's actually really the downside with the motor is that it actually costs us enough to rebuild mm -hmm. the motor. We could just build a new one. Yeah. So we don't really generally do it on motors. Um 
and that's really the reason why is because the, the cost to rebuild it costs us the same amount as to just build a new one. Okay. Okay. Well, cause see, I have an oil, like, Oh geez, it's probably three years old. I ran the crap out of it. I overheated it a million times. I know I did. Thirteen <laughs> uh, uh, five Gen two, which is like I have sure. two of them, and the only problem I have with it is it cogs. And the I, I, unfortunately, I'm the kind of guy, I don't want to spend the money on a new uh, rotor because that's what a few people told me. Just put a new rotor in, it should be fine. And it's like, well, if I spend the money on a new rotor because they're about fifty bucks or so, mm-hmm. and it's not fine. Now I've got a motor that still cogs like a son of a bitch, and but and the sensor board's fine in it because that's something I didn't mention earlier when Mike was talking all about the ESCs and stuff like that. You guys have a sensor checker built into the ESCs. Like you're one of the only ones that I know about that have that. Well, it's funny because I was actually going to ask you if you use that feature. I was going to tell you, put you on the spot, say, "Hey, did you use the sensor checker to test it?" I did, and and okay. and all th- and all three lights lit up every time. Okay. Well, so here's the kicker, for example. Yes, if you've overheated that motor repeatedly and it sounds like you have, oh, yeah. the rotor's actually, the, obviously, the magnet in this instance. And that magnet's actually what triggers the Hall effect sensors. Yeah. So if that rotor's completely shot, the magnets are extremely weak and the Hall effect sensor signals will be extremely erratic. So here's the trick. Take the rotor out of the other motor, uh-huh. swap it into one that has apparently the weak rotor, yeah. and see if it still cogs. Okay. If it, the cogging goes away, you figured it out. The rotor's completely shot. If it still cogs, it's a possible. There's a possibility that it could still be the sensor board because there's some other things going on there. Okay. But again, swap out the sensor board. Then, in other words, swap the parts out one at a time until you figure out what's causing the cogging. Right. Right. And that, you know, the nice thing about the Gen Two, the same as the Gen Three, you can take the motor apart both ways. So you can actually leave it in the car while it's happening. So, for example, take the pinion off, take the three screws off the rear end bell, slide the rotor out, slide the rotor back in. You don't even have to unmount the cam. Yeah, I know. They are like I said. I, I have no complaints about Teak and stuff. I've, I've. My honest thing is, I've been cheap. That's what it's been. I've been cheap. Understand? Holy jeez, are you for real right now? Mm-hmm. Houghton Lake, Michigan, is at forty-seven cents a gallon, U.S. Yeah, I heard about that. Holy smackeronies. we're still paying over a dollar Canadian over here. Yeah, I think we're two twenty, two forty-five here in Reno. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, I'm supposed to be coming that way for Axial Fest in July. I will be. I think I'm actually going to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to. There's there's some stuff. I'm actually, you know, who I've uh, worked with on another podcast, uh, Tim Smith. Yeah. Yeah, co-host yep. with him. So we're kind of working on an Axial Fest situation, which would be kind of cool for me to go to it. And yeah, dude, it's a crazy event. That that is that is an insane event to go to. I can't. It's, wait. it's crazy. I think it'd be really cool to meet you. No, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, we drove down last year. Nice, nice. I don't think I have very many other questions for you. I think we covered all. Oh wait, I can't forget one more from Jeremy, and <laughs> and, and I I don't. <laughs> I think I've asked this one before. Why are the soldering posts like? Have you guys ever thought of making like a cup instead of that weird like U shape? Like, don't get me wrong. I've figured out how to solder on them now. In on a cor- the channel. Yeah, and you've done a video of it so to 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 explain it. But like, yep. has there ever been conversation in the office about changing it? Yeah, yeah. I um, I drew up a different solder post design. Um, one of our other um, engineers actually drew up his idea, and we kind of made a culmination of the two to mm. pr- make a new post. And you'll probably see that on a future Tekken product. Cool. Yeah. Not saying anything, though, are you? 
Oh, no, I'm not going to disclose necessarily which product that may or may not be coming on, but I can tell you that, yes, we've considered another post. Look at that. See, there you get answers, guys. We're trying. Pretty damn politician, man. <laughs> You're doing good. You're doing good. Of course, Randy, like I said, I appreciate you taking time because, like I said, I know how busy you've been over the last few months with sure. getting a new, you know, the hobby shop deal and the track going and, you know, obviously everything with Tekin going on with the Gen 3 yeah. motors and, and that kind of craziness. So I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. And, yeah. um, I think that's all we got for you on this episode, man. No, I, I appreciate you guys being patient. I know you've been trying to get with me for the past couple of months, actually, and it just hasn't been able to put that in the schedule and stuff. And I feel bad, but um, hey, don't, don't, don't. It worked. Yeah. This works out, man. Whatever cool. we got to do, we'll do. Yeah. Well, like I said, if, if there's anything else you want to cover, if you want to try to set up the, the live data logger thing and work that out, I'm, I'm here to do it. I just got to set aside the time and, and make sure I get uh, that slot open. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to a few of the guys, see who's all interested in it. If I can get, you know, five, six guys that want to do it and yeah, and take the time to, to sit down and, and uh, get in on it. And that'll, I'll definitely get at you with that. And of course, everybody, you guys are listening uh, to the NBN podcast. We have Randy Pike on, team manager for Tekin. Uh, track owner of, I'm drawing a track time hobbies and race. Oh, I almost said track side. That's why I didn't want to say it. Yeah. Tra- track time hobbies and raceway. And of course, Randy, give a, give you an opportunity to say thank you to everybody that supports you and the wonderful stuff you do. Yeah, of course. I'd like to thank Tegan. Um, obviously my wife, she's uh, put up with this hobby for, Oh Christ, I don't know, 19 years of marriage now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been really awesome. And obviously uh, all, all the rest of my sponsors, you know, I can't really thank those guys enough. Uh, they've been dealing with me a lot um, traveling and, and dealing with my racetrack, which obviously it's kind of slowly and stunted my racing down a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, there's Tekin, J Concepts, ProTech, Yokomo, KO Propo USA, AvidRC, AMAIN.com, MIP, Factory RC, BeFast, Cichlids Paint, and Imagine It Graphics. Those are all my sponsors for 2016 and beyond. Um, and yeah, I mean, look for some good stuff. We've got some pretty cool things coming. I know uh, me and Jason from J Concepts are trying to work on some stuff event-wise. Uh, we're doing some clinics at the Track Time Hobbies and Raceway facility. Um, some of those I actually might do uh, televised on the Google Hangouts as well if there's enough interest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we just want everyone to enjoy Tekin products. I mean, that's obviously my main goal. Um, if you guys ever have any questions or concerns, just hit me up online. Uh, Randy Pike RC is my Facebook page. I've obviously got randypikerc.com as well. So I try to answer questions as fast as I can. Give me about 24 to 48 business hours. And I'll get back to you. <laughs> Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the MBM podcast. That was Randy Pike. We'll be back right after this mess. Uh, these messages. Blah, look at me screwing everything up again. <laughs> we'll be right back. Are you looking for a custom t-shirt, hoodie, pit mat, or even custom vinyl for your house or home? Look no further than Dutch Oven Designs. They take pride in giving you the highest amount of detail in your design that is possible. All this while offering their products at a reasonable cost. Dutch Oven Designs. Quality is just a standard for them. I do it every dang time, you know that? I don't hit the record button before we get into this crap. Every time. So I got somebody else on with us now, because we're kind of moving away from the RC side of the MBM podcast, and now we're getting more into the the dude slash music side of it. And I know I didn't warn you beforehand, Ryan, but um, we try to stay away from the big words, like the real big words. Like steroids? No, th- not those ones. <laughs> like F-bombs and stuff like that. If I have to go and edit it, I have to go and edit it, but let's just try and make my job a little easier. I'm a church boy. I don't know what you're talking about. What's right. going on? How are you doing? Oh, just chilling, just chilling. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Ryan, or the Rye Man, as a lot of people That's know right. him, is the creator 
of Energy Rock Radio. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind this internet radio station that is completely insane. And I, didn't, I didn't have to pay you for that. That's pretty cool. Like well, that, that's the way it works over on the NBN podcast. Now, some of you guys might hear my furnace in the background. I'm sorry. It's like minus 20 outside where we are, Celsius. And my house is at 17 degrees, which people are complaining that it's cold in my house. So, not me. No, not you. So I had to turn the heat on. Unfortunately, I'm too cheap to fix the exhaust fan blower deal that was like another $300 to fix on top of the other problems I had. So, yeah, just deal with it. Quit but being so cheap, man. Anyway, I figured it was a great idea to have the Ryman on with us because uh, obviously he's getting ready to revamp his radio station and relaunch on February 1st. Um, also, we've started doing a little bit more music stuff over here at the MBM Podcast. So I didn't tell you what we were doing, Ryan, but we're doing right now our top five favorite um, cover songs. Right on, right on. What do we got so far? Well, we haven't even done anything yet. That's the best oh, part. Hey, well, hey. So I, time. I literally called you out of the blue to get in on this deal. Oh, boy. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> it's Monday. Monday, Monday. But right on. Let's, let's, let's get it on. Well, the, the good news is you don't need to have any songs. We'll, we'll have our songs. I know Kyle, I think, has been working on them over the last hour. Yeah, I had to do a bit of a refresher there on well, my While we were doing some. So right I'm going to start off over on my side. Just give me a minute here. I have some things prepared, but not everything. So this one is uh, originally uh, a Billy Idol tune, Rebel Yell. I oh, have yes. a cover of it done by a group called Otherwise, and I really enjoy it. So here's a little bit of it. A little more mellower than uh, the original, but I like it. It's it's a pretty good tune. Last night a little dancer came dancing to my door. Last night a little angel came bumping across my floor. She said, "Come on, baby, I've got a license for love." And if it expires, pray help from above Because in the midnight hour, she cried more, more, more With a rebel yell, she cried more, 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 more. In the midnight hour, baby, more, more, more With a rebel yell so that's I'm not going to play the whole song we'll kind of play most of them to the hook just to kind of get the idea of it but I, I don't know why I don't know what it is about that version of the song when I heard it I just I don't know I like it like don't get me wrong I like the original but I like that like there's something mellow about it that just kind of I don't know no, it's, it's pretty good what's with everybody covering that tune though I, I don't know, man. It, it is kind Every of weird. Mother, everybody on the sister has that tune covered. I don't know. It's like we have to do a cover tune, but that's like one we have to sign off on first because, uh, <laughs> you know, like. Let's do a cover tune. Bad. Let's pick the most obscure one to do. Jeez. So. It's a good song and all, but come on, man. Yeah. Pick something else. <laughs> Shania Twain even. I don't know. I'm just kidding. So I'm, I'm sure you've heard this one. This is this is my uh, my number four on the list. 
Actually, I shouldn't say this is my number four. I should play the proper number four. So my number four song is actually uh, Diamonds by Farewell to Fear. So here's a little bit of it. not in your head over there Kyle it's not that bad is it it's not bad it's a good twist to it yeah, exactly Rihanna too, so I'm just all winning all over the place. Well, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like she's not bad on that song either herself. Like obviously she originally performed it, but when we're talking about covers and to take a song like that and cover it into, they went a totally different direction. With it, it. It's not bad. Now I couldn't, I didn't actually look it up. That's the problem. But there was there is a cover of a Taylor Swift song out that's done by Rock, and like it's kind of funny because I listen to Octane a lot in my truck on Sirius, right? So. <laughs> It comes on, and my youngest goes to me, Daddy, isn't this a Taylor Swift song? <laughs> and, of course, I started laughing a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, it is, kid. Why? I know that was a that band, uh, artist, Sia. She sounds exactly like Rihanna. I always got, is, is it Sia or is it Rihanna for this tune? Because I always get confused. They always they, they sound the same. And the wife's like, no, you idiot. It's oh, oop, I mean, it, it's, it's Sia. It, it's clucking. <laughs> no, no, Diamonds is done by Rihanna. But, I, I yeah, they do... Sia and Rihanna, I guess, kind of. Yeah, they kind of. A little bit. And then you're like, okay, we're going to do a game and (laughs) you play a song. like, Rihanna or Sia? And you're like, oh, nuts. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, So, a little tidbit of uh, maybe a a trivia question for the Rye Man. Who originally performed Whiskey in the Jar? Uh, Originally performed it. I'm looking over at Studio B with Big Joe here and I'm like, you got a bone for me, bro? He's like, I got nothing. Um, I can answer this one. You can answer that one? Yep. Okay, Because this is actually on my top list, but uh, it was originally done by the Dubliners. Oh, my God. Look at this guy go. Would have no idea. Look at this guy. Dude, if you ever have time, look it up and listen to it. it it's an old Irish song. Yeah. It, 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 here, let me see. For the $1.6 billion question, yeah. if you're in radio, you should know this. <laughs> well, I, I guess we covered one of my... Uh, well, we'll, get the top we'll get there. Side. We'll get there. We'll get there. I was going to include it in my list, but I was wasn't. I was okay with it. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, let me see here. Uh, I was looking for something. The dubliners <sighs> version? No, not the dubliners version. I was trying to. That's it. Okay. So my my what I'm putting in at my number three, anyways, is um, it's uh, Taylor Swift's Blank Space. But it's uh, a cover of it, obviously. Um, so let me just find it here real quick. 
Gotta love Google Play Music, right? Let's me uh, cheat. That way I don't have to do anything. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to screw this up. So, yeah, Ryman, tell us a little bit about Energy Rock Radio while I fiddle frig around here on my phone. <laughs> well, we're an easy listening station. We play everything from jazz to classical. Uh, no, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're laughing, but we're switching it up. Re revamp 2016. We're going Yanni. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. We've been doing this a long time. I'm old and I've heard dust. And Maddie, you know me since uh, the dawn of time. And, you know, we, I, I wasn't actually doing the station back then, but I should have. I might have uh, been more popular But uh, as we grew up as kids. But, uh, yeah, I know we've been doing this a long time, since 2008. And uh, proudly to say now, via the actual visitor map on the sites, we're not lying. I don't even have my fingers crossed. Uh, 97 countries listen to us. That's including uh, towns, cities, whatever's. 97 countries uh, are logged, registered on our station. So that's pretty cool, man. We've been doing this a long time, and uh, we got a healthy members area, uh, you know, su support and reg registrations. So it's been pretty fun, man. We have a. Uh, have you been told? Have you been uh, heard about Patreon? Patreon? I don't know how to say that properly. Patreon? Um, no, I haven't. Ah, uh, you might want to look into that, buddy. Big Joe Studio B there, he's pointing to himself like a frantic man. He was the one that introduced me to it, and uh, it's for, you know how you have Kickstarter, right? Yeah, yeah. And ever, it's all oversaturated with garbage now. It's like, oh, well, I lost my dog, I want five grand. Yeah, Kickstarter, um, GoFundMe, all that stuff, yep. Go, go F me is more like it, but, um, <laughs> but uh, so basically, we, this one's called Patreon, or Patron, I don't know how you're supposed to say it. I think um, I know what you're kind of getting to. But basically, it's for specific shows. You can you can do it. For, it's like for people that do art, but it's for, for you know as you release content. So it's either weekly or monthly. So we're doing per show. So hypothetically, knock on wood, you know, glory be to whoever. If we get a hundred dollars per show, or you know, a hundred dollars times how many people per show, that's a lot of money, and right. that's going to help the station. So we're, we we put a video together. Took a, like over two three months uh, to put this thing together. So. Uh, we put the video on YouTube. It's up now. It's just kind of hidden because we have to relaunch. We're relaunching and we're doing it on February first. But uh, right. yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And so instead of waiting for donations or support from our, pay, you know, for our people that uh, you know, our uh, you know supporters or whatnot that you have as well, uh, people that help out or add, they uh, you know, you can do your own uh, per show. Nice. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's pretty sweet. Well, I know like on the NBM podcast we have. Um like through the, the, the site I host the podcast with, that Podbean site. Right. Um, they recently started this patron thing where uh, it's crowdfunding. So basically what I'm able to do is I share a link and people that are fans of the NBM podcast are able to go in and decide how much a month uh, they'd like to give to yeah. the NBM podcast. So it's like a monthly fee. So if they say, I want to give $2 a month, they That's get to every 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 month their credit card gets billed two dollars and it gets given to the podcast. Mm -hmm. We haven't had really anybody interested in doing it, and I haven't really pushed it because, you know what I mean. Like as much as I would love it, people to to help out, yeah. you know what I mean. I want to be on a regular schedule and be doing it on a regular basis before I can really ask people to help me. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's I, exactly what it is. But we're gonna try the old per episode deal and. Uh, Hopefully, be able to pay some bills here. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's optimistic, that's awesome. my friend, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, yeah, so that's exactly. You knew exactly what I was talking about. You, yeah, yeah, I think I heard it, but then you like told me the whole deal, so you know what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's a crowdfunding thing. It's basically the people yeah. that listen to you and like you and like your station and everything you do. They have the ability to say, you know, now I know sometimes like you guys are saying like a hundred bucks, but you could leave it open ended, where you know what I mean. They can 
the people that maybe don't have a hundred bucks or whatever it is or whatever just the case. show maybe like hundred people donate a dollar. That's my well, that that's yeah, that's what I mean. You know, so like you know you might have forty people on a show that gave ten bucks each. Well, there's four hundred bucks. Beautiful. Yeah, right? and I mean, yeah, you know, and uh, people like us, we deserve it because we can bust butt for a long time here. So. And if you guys haven't checked out when these when these guys over at Energy Rock Radio do a rated Rye Man show on a weekend, it gets insane. You are missing out <laughs> on a party. Come on, you could bring your mom by, have a you know cup of coffee, relax. We may or may not pretend Joe to be a radio station trying to give away a thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe. Joe is over in Studio B, jumping up and down and trying to get on the show right now. What should we? In, can we include him? He's yeah. In hang studio. on. I can. I can call him here. And he's so. He's like me. I want in. Can uh, I? Can I join? So I add to this call. Do I even have him on Skype? I not. I, I do. Even. I do. Yeah, and I'm back every day. Just. Okay. Hi, hi, Morin. Yo, what's going on, guys? Oh, listen to that. Oh, that's quality. Hey, baby. Quality. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> Now that we got Joe in here, can I get on with my list here and get this over and done with so we can really start no, talking about crap? We're going to keep bugging you the whole time. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, yeah, my uh, number three is, unfortunately, a old Taylor Swift song. A newer Taylor Swift song, I guess. I don't know. Tell me you're going to play the, the GOAT remix of that one. No, no, not the You know which one I'm talking about? Yes, I know which one you're talking about. Perfect. I uh, can't listen to the real version anymore because I keep expecting the GOAT <laughs> thing to happen <laughs> in the song, right? <laughs> Okay, so my number three uh, cover song, rock cover song for me anyway right now is uh, A Blank Space by I Prevail. Wait for it. Look, I didn't screw it up this time, guys. Look at me Good go. Good job. Missed you, meet you, where you been? I could show you incredible things. Magic, madness, heaven, sin. Saw you there and I thought, oh my God, look at that face. You Look like my next mistake Love's a game, wanna play Hey, hey New money, suit and tie I can read you like a magazine Ain't it funny, rumors fly And I know you heard about me So hey, let's be friends I'm dying to see how this one ends Grab your passport and my hand I can make the dark girls bad for a weekend So it's gonna be forever So, Joe, are you still thinking of a goat? No, that's not the tune that I was thinking of at all. Oh, okay. I know which one you're thinking of, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing that. That, that is. When, just... when I think Taylor Swift, I think goat. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. My daughter played it like a million and one times when it first came out. It's yeah. all I could hear from her iPod. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, I can't even remember. It's a Taylor Swift song, though. Yeah. So my number two song, and I'm not even going to tell you what the song is. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you afterwards, because to me, I think everybody who's anybody knows this song. And I know Kyle knows this song because we talked about it on the last right. podcast. So here it is. This one, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to let play for a bit.
That's my number two song right there. Give me shelter. Yeah. Some Stone Sour with Lizzie Hale. Oh. Yeah. That's you, you, you do like your octane, eh? Well, I got that one from, yeah. It, it's what's <laughs> on my, dude, it's what's on Sirius when I get in my truck, when I go to work in the morning, when I come home from work. Is, it now, just is that your preferred purpose? version of the tune? Yeah. No, it's not my preferred version of the tune. But when we're talking about cover songs of tunes, yep. that's my preferred cover song of that. that. And it, I think gotcha. it's because I have, I really like Corey Taylor as a singer. Yeah. Pretty much anything he does, I, I do like. You know, and, and Ryan knows me well enough. I, I, like, I like some Slipknot music, but I'm not like a hardcore Slipknot fan. Yeah. But Corey Taylor is an, a talent. I've said it before. His that man can sing, and he could write too. He's a pretty uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, like, so, and we can't take anything away from Lizzie Hale. Like she is female yeah. rock right now. Like she is True. one of the hottest things going. Yeah. There's no denying it. And I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying she's the best, but she is one of the hottest things going in rock right now. And, and I'm talking about real rock here, like. I got to get into a gripe, and this is going to piss me off. If you go to the okay. Billboard Top 100 and you type in top... <laughs> oh, now I got to enter that out. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Well, now. Okay. <laughs> but, you, you know, if you type in, like, rock music, you don't get rock music. I don't yeah, know where pop. the... Well, I don't know where Billboard thinks what they think is rock music, is rock music, but somebody must be high. Billboard well, is horrible some examples of what's being shown as rock music. Okay, hang on. I got to bring it up, because I wasn't oh, quite I, prepared I, for you, it, but we kind of started... Yeah, yeah. And, and coming at number five, Tony Braxton. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> that is not rock music, sir. Oh, what? You know? Okay, so let's uh, see. Here. It's kind of ridiculous. Is it? Is it just me? Is on that note, as you're looking stuff up there, I'm, I'm the gap filler guy. Um, is it, is Sirius coming more like a repeat tune thing too? I, I, I well, I've figured I, out a solution to that. I have a couple of stations I listen to in rotation. Ah. Uh, so for two or three months, I will listen to Octane. And for two or three months, you get a variety of music. And then you start getting a lot of the repeated stuff. It's getting to the point now where I'm getting a lot of the repeated stuff, hearing the yeah. same stuff over and over again. So what I'll do is then I switch to something like BPM, like electronic dance music, um, or um, whatever the other one is. There's two of them that are back-to-back. And I'll listen to those for a month or two. And then they start doing the same thing. You start hearing the same stuff over and over and over again. Then I'll switch back to Octane. And by then, there's newer music out. And they've changed the playlist a bit and stuff like that. I haven't figured out exactly what their timeline is for playlist. But, yes, it does get into repetitive music. I thought that they were, like, the go-to for never repeating, you know? I thought, like, oh, cool. It's like satellite radio is where you want to be, man, because you don't want to be the FM Nickelback guy. Yeah. No, it's just like, yeah, serious octane, uh, I don't even know what, you know? <laughs> oh, but, so yeah. i, I got to play this song for you. This is number three on the Billboard Rock as of January 23rd. Boy, I'm afraid. Oh, you, you, this, is, this is horse crap as far as I'm concerned. You ready for this stuff? Horse poopy. Wait for it. Really? Yeah, this seriously. This is number three. Well, that was, that's yeah. rock. That, that's, yeah. Alternative, but I mean. Yeah, that fits into the alternative. Yeah, genre, and, yeah. and I agree with that. Like, okay, number one, Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. Number two, X and O's by L, uh, Ellie King. Number mm-hmm. three, Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. Number four, Irresistible by Follow Boy. Adventures of a Lifetime by Coldplay is number five. Renegades by oh, X Ambassadors is six. 
sweet. Coldplay and a rock guy. That's well, cool. you know what wow. I mean? Like, like whatever happened to Metallica and like, you know, just like, oh, well, know, but that, I, to me, that's right here. Coldplay. I always think that line from, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was, uh, was it four year old virgin or knocked up? You go, you know, I know how, you know how I know you're gay. You listen to Coldplay. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Now they do list hard rock on billboard. Oh, good. Now, <laughs> The hard rock is though. Okay, so looking at the hard rock, January twenty third, number one is immortalized by Disturbed. Okay, I can see that. Uh, I mm-mm. well, at least it's metal. I mean, yes, it is. But the problem is, is unfortunately, and I know there's a lot of other people that agree with me in this situation. Disturbed sounds like Disturbed, and I get it. They have a sound, and I understand that. Every song sounds. But the how long can you live off of that exact sound? Don't get me wrong; they're having hits. It's obviously I'm wrong. And they're right because they're number one on the billboard. But uh, that's my opinion of it. I find that their music is too the same. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, like. But, but number two is Got Your Six by Five Finger Death Punch. They've got yeah. a sound too. Them, yeah. Th- yeah, I know. I, like, I enjoy them, but it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> the first 16 songs kind of. Did I hear this one already? No, no, I didn't. Know I mean, hey, from, from their kind of point of view there, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Right? Well, but that's it, right? If like, you're making money hand over fist. Oh, ding. Yeah. yeah. Why, why reinvent the real? And then number three, it's the same situation. Threat to Survival by Shinedown. Guess what? Shinedown has that sound. So as much as I'm critical about one, I guess what it is is I'm not crazy on the sound of Disturbed. I think that yeah. maybe that's what it is. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. But you ready for number four? Oh, I'm ready. I got to find it. I, I got to find it first. I'm not going to tell you until I find it. Hang on. <laughs> I cannot believe this is actually on the hard rock. Good. Yeah, it's... Uh I don't know how they figured these. It's such a difference, eh? In the past, like, 10 years, how things change as far as what's classified as what. And, uh, you know. What yeah, means. some of the stuff that gets played on, quote-unquote, rock stations. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I would get punched in the nose with, like, some of that stuff now, like, back then. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> Energy sad radio, more like. <laughs> okay, so now this is yeah. records, yeah. Uh, like, albums. Okay. So... The name of the album is Letters from the Labyrinth by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> Have you guys heard any of this? Isn't that like I've the band heard of them? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to play Madness of Men, which is track two off of their album. This is on the Hard Rock album. It's like Nightmare. <laughs> 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 dun, dun, dun. Basically, what I do out of the shower, I'm just, like, ah! <laughs> just picture like guys on cellos like headbanging the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, sorry. How does this end up as number four? Da, da, da. Last week, this is at number da, three, da, da. guys. Like, how does it not? Come no, on, it man. was number one last week. Oh my god. This album was number <laughs> one last week. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't put any more faith in the Billboard. I just can't. I can't. That's just ridiculous. Like you guys gotta be kidding me. That was awesome. That's okay. like Dragon Force mixed with like So my number one cover tune mm-hmm. on my top five list. It can only get better from here. Is Holy Diver by Kill Sitch Engaged. That's a good tune. Mm-hmm.
like that tune. Another one too on the new album, or Devil, what do they call it? Um, Devil You May Know, a new album from Howard, uh, his band now. Um, they cover the um, Eye of the Tiger. Really cool tune. So. Yeah. Good, pretty good. Yeah, man. I have to check that out. Devil You Know is the band and a cover of the Survivor. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Same, same kind of deal. It kind of sounds similar to the that kind of tune. Right, know, right, right. The cover version of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind uh, Killswitch Engage whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like it. It's You know what? It's one of the... I heard that back when um, Rock Band or I think it was Guitar Hero was all the rage, right? Yep. And, yeah, it just... I like it. I like the original more, but for a, a cover of it, if I I like it a lot. Yeah, man, it's definitely one of the good ones. I like it a lot. That's when you can't really get bored of that one too. That's a good thing about it too. It's just like, yeah, I can keep listening. So okay, what I'm assuming then, Kyle, is that this goes from number one to five. Uh, no, it's a random list. Oh, so it's a random list. So I'll put yeah, them in any I order. don't really have a li- order of one through five. This is just all right. Okay, Kyle. So we got your top five songs here. And we're going to start going through them. And maybe in the future I'll be a little more prepared for this and actually have all the music ready. So I'm not searching it while we're doing this. That would be nice. But that's the beauty of a podcast. Who really cares if it takes me five minutes? Because I can edit out a ton of stuff. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, got like, I got like 10 people we going, do Hi! <laughs> well, I'm not opposed to doing things live. It's just sometimes there's... The, the good news is, see, see, Ryman knows how things work. He knows that if I stop talking because I'm looking for something... That he needs to pick up the slack and start talking. Kyle's still that. learning this. And actually, right? Like, do you realize which Kyle I'm talking about? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I you, just okay. I just you remember Kyle LaFord? I'd have to see faces. Oh, come over here, Kyle. Oh. I'm not moving my camera. I don't even know if you recognize him with the beard that he's got in his Probably face. Probably not. Here oh. he comes. Wait for it. Yeah, he's gonna stumble. Wait for it. And fall. he falls over right now. Yep, maybe. I don't know. Am I supposed to? No. Well, he knows who you are, so. Well, everybody does, I think. Either on that, I'm like, oh, I was going to just swear there, but uh, I'm that, that a-hole guy or that, oh, yeah, the cool Gimby guy or who or. Yeah. Well, it was high school. I don't expect you to remember that much about it. Dude, I was, oh, yeah, well. I don't remember myself back then. I just, I'm not the rhyme end back then. You can't even find this I, one song, dude. I Which one? The, I was I was the dyed blonde hair. Really? Spike. Yeah, really. You cannot find that beer by George George Thorogood. No, it's one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Oh, I missed the whole yeah, top. Of you it. missed the whole, the whole thing. thing. Did you oh honestly not know what the song was just by seeing beer? No, because all I see is beer and then dash George Thorogood. So I didn't look up. I'm gonna <laughs> thumb you in the eye with. <laughs> You should know that song. Yeah, I know the song. The good one. You could have, you could have, Kyle could have just went, that liquor song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Barryette started singing it right out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very good singer. Come on, you know you want to. You and me both. The perfect 10 series that's on an album. Here, hold, dude, 10 bucks to anybody who can tell me how long the song is without looking. Six Seven minutes. minutes. 8.27. Oh, I win. Really? Holy oh. shit. Oh, yeah. Got that out. Yeah, probably. Nah, I might let a few. <laughs> we get the point. Man. Are you piping it through your phone right now? Yeah, why? 
just wondering. Phone's plugged in. Unfortunately, it's it's slow. Want to tell you Yeah, welcome to uh, Google Play Music, and when you have a whole family on the internet. Well, yeah, they know the song. This is a cover song. Yes, Bruce Springsteen. Um, no, 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 no. I'm looking at the wrong one. John Lee Hooker. Wow. Is the original. Wow. Isn't that wow. weird? Honestly, on a side note, like of all these songs we love, and then it's like. And then you hear another version of it when, like, somewhere down the road or whatever, like, what? Someone sang that song? But that's just it. Like, Whiskey in the Jar by Metallica. Not a lot of people realize that that's a cover. Well, no, because the whole Garage Inc. album is a bunch of covers, and I, I, growing up, I didn't comprehend that. Uh, But, you know, now you know. But, like, even, like, I don't even know what just, like, there's been songs like, what? And it's a cover? What? No. What? And it just ruins life. No, because then you hear the real ones. Like, what? <laughs> so another another song Kyle's got here, we'll say is this number four. I'm going from the top up. So you're going from or the top the down, the bottom up, whatever. Or bottom up. Oh, what God. are you doing here? I need a bottom beer. Up. That's what I need. A couple of them. All right. So, so you're going from the bottom up. Yeah. Okay. Signs Tesla. Yeah. That's a good song. Very good song. Hey, got Hi. What? You got it that time without delay. I was proud of you. I'm trying. Okay, so who is the originator of that? Five-Man Electrical Band. Five-Man Electrical Band. <laughs> that sounds like a name Ryman came up with. Man, even I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm not that late. <laughs> He's not <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's younger than I am, Joe. I don't know where he's pulling some of this out of his hat. All right, I know this next one. Who is the originator of this next one, Kyle? The next one... one? Blinded. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. I think this was covered by a couple of different groups. It wasn't was it? quite a few. It's one of those ones everybody had to touch. Mm. Didn't uh mm, touch. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lonely individual over there in Studio Beard. <laughs> see if we can get a little bit of this music. Yeah, let's see if we <laughs> can we get a little please. No, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. I think ELO covered this. ELO did touch on that one. Remember the word douches in this song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not douche, it's it's deuce. Really? Yes. That's douche. It does does sound like douche. douche. (laughs) Okay, that says douche. I know a douche when I f***ing hear a douche. I'm going to have to listen to this whole last hour (laughs) word for word, minute for minute, and there's going to be a whole lot of... (laughs) <laughs> I know a douche when I hear a douche Okay, that's a good tune Like, that's that's borderline Like, that could end the show right there Because I'd just listen to it all night Okay, enough of that That's another long one, too Uh, Seven minutes, yep Yep, yep, yep. 
Let's see here. What do we got for number? This one's kind of out there. Did you like Google this or something? No, this I needed to Google a refresher, but these are yeah. Oh, wow, I'm not even gonna tell you guys what this one is. This one, uh, Prince. Prince originally did this one. Yes. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Do you need to untuck? Shut up. Really, Prince did this? Yes. Wow. Sinead O'Connor did a way better job at it, though. Oh, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Google Thanks, Play guys. Music helped us out with that one and ended it. Really? What happened to Ryan? Wow. I'm, I'm hearing, hearing you guys twice. It's weird. I got two. This is so weird. What? Is you're coming in twice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna call you guys back. This is awesome. <laughs> and I'm looking to the twilight zone. It's <laughs> because I have him on another phone call. Whoa. <laughs> I can't find it to hang up. You need to hang up. I can't find out where to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Stop calling. No. <laughs> what is going on here? You're sober for this. Okay. Are we good? I. Okay. What? No, because I can't find the call we're on right now. You're not outgoing anymore. Well, you were before. Oh my god, what is going on here? Everybody shut down their sh You broke it. Oh, apparently. Like, it's not even showing me on a call with Ryan right now. Okay, so we're back. After all of our little faux poos and Skype and... Matt breaking yeah. everything. Trying to smash things. Smash blame. things! Just blame it on Joe, I do that every day. Okay, so just to relive where we were before we had this big screw-up was this. <laughs> this horrible... Oh, I gotta listen to it again? I'm good. We should listen to this whole song. I'm not uh, listening to four minutes and 40 seconds yeah, of this. Come I'll on. choke myself out. It's been seven hours and 15 I'll just punch myself in the so nuts for the next Prince 10 minutes. Prince really, really did this originally? Yes. See, that's another shocker. What? I, I feel like I'm living a lie. Everything I know is like, bro. That was like her one big song, right? Yeah. I think and this then she was her up big up song. That picture of the Pope, and then that was it for her. Yeah, she tore out the picture of the Pope on uh, Saturday Night Live, and then her career died. Yeah, she's different. Her, <laughs> she's different. Oh yeah. Okay, so here's the Prince version of it. I don't know if this will save the situation at all. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> the same song. Yeah. Oh man, that guy can sing. No. That short little bastard. You play the guitar too. He can shred. Uh, okay. Joey's a Jehovah's Witness, too. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was going to show up the door naked for those guys today when they showed up at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah, me. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll shake your hand with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who do I blame for this? As I point down. <laughs> uh, you know what? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost two Jehovah Witnesses. Damn it. We're our target audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Go 65 and up. Uh, 
So what? Kind of we because um, you brought up a Prince song. I do have a song. We're kind of straying here. Yeah, a little just, bit. just a little, okay. just just a little, and uh, <laughs> just blame Joel. It's all no, it's all Kyle's fault because he brought up a Prince song. Right. I, I brought up a Sinead O'Connor song. That's, That's right. I thought it was, but okay. Could you say her name again? Sinead O'Connor. Shana- it's Sinead. It's Sinead. Is it Sinead? Yeah. I the, bet uh, he's right. And we're all wrong because I don't yeah. know any. It's so like case of the H being silent. It's just pretend like there's an H. Just there. like Dukes. <laughs> Why can't I find this song by this guy? Hmm. Well, I'm not Prince. even going to bother. Anyway, uh, Prince guy. does a, uh, a version of or, um, Purple Rain. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get into Kyle's number one song and hopefully save the whole evening with it. All right. All right, you ready for it? Sure. You sure? I'm waiting. It's coming all over you. This song, or sorry, not even the song. This album, yeah, is damn near twenty years old. Yep, it's yeah. eighteen years old. old. We're getting old. Dual disc set, and I remember uh, twenty-seven that. songs on this thing. Yeah, I remember wearing my Kobe Bryant Lakers jersey because I thought it was cool. <laughs> my spiky hair when I was a little string bean. Guess what? Watch this. Thank you, Google Play Music. I am downloading the whole thing to my phone. Bam! Bring back some memories right there. Oh, just like scrolling through it. Like, come on, like, uh, turn the page, die, die, my darling. Yeah, it's electric. That's a good tune. Uh, and uh, uh, what's that Pharaoh one there? Curse of the Pharaoh or something? Mm. We're, we're, uh. Curse of the Pharaoh. Wow, I completely forgot Metallica redid that Misfit song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just, I can't yeah. believe it. Like, and see, back then I didn't know it was a cover either, cover t- tunes either. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh. Well, come on! In 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 '98, you were what, like, 13? Seven. I don't know how old I was. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, because you were born what, '85? Yeah. Yeah, we're not that far apart. But yeah, for me it's easy because I was born in 1980, so I could. You're an old. Yeah, you got four years on all of us. It was '98. You got four on me. You got gray hairs. <laughs> not yet. In places, no. well, yeah, and he doesn't have any hairs because he just shaves his whole head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, not, not the whole thing right now. But. <laughs> Have you ever screwed it up that bad, Joe, or you just shaved the whole thing? I did the, uh, before I learned the trick with doing the Mohawk, I, I did one that came out, I got a 45 degree angle. Like it started right. on the front and then it like, drifted <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. You should have kept it. it, yeah. it I, but I, I didn't realize when I actually went to work and people were looking at me, I'm like, you, know what? you got really at me, you know? Is that okay? <laughs> people thought you were slow. Like, and I, look, oh. I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, I screwed up. They're like giving you five. So what like, did you? What's the trick to doing the mohawk? Tape. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. Hear me out. You, you take uh, you take about, you know go three inch wide piece of tape. 
you, you start you run it from like the uh, between your eyes and the bridge of your nose and you just go straight back and then you shave wherever there isn't tape and then I when you gotta rip, have a picture of this oh my god and then when you rip it off you rip off the unibrow at the same time <laughs> well that's only if you got a unibrow dual purpose yeah see uh, that's you great. got a couple of smarts there, Joe. That's great. Well, yeah, it works well. You get the perfect straight. Well, as long as you run the tape straight, you're good. I asked him not the other day because he started doing the mohawk after I said, I was like, you know, you need to start doing something with that mop you call a haircut. <laughs> so he started doing a mohawk, and I've, I've, I've since then uh, progressed to the uh, Harry Potter mullet as I grow my hair long. But, um, <laughs> but. But yes, I'm like, how do you how do you get that straight? Because I get the wife to do it. She's like, I hate you. I want I want to cut your throat with this uh, with these clippers every time. Oh man, that's aggressive. <laughs> oh, man. I've been told that's love. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, how do you how do you get that? That's you, you have no woman touching you at all. So how do you, how do you get you know? And she's like tape, and he's like showing me. I'm like, wow, that actually is legit. Yeah, it actually works. And I was actually like impressed. I was like, how do you yeah. do that without Only looking? Only can screw it up as if you're retarded. Well. <laughs> Or you're just a really bad judge of what's straight. Exactly, what if, what yeah. if you have a crooked eye and you're not retarded? <laughs> like, you, you know, what if you got a lazy eye and you just <laughs> you too, misaligned? Right? Like, well, even then you can't screw it up because as long as you go where there isn't tape, you're good. As long well, as you don't get under the sneak under yeah, the tape. Yeah, but the tape's still got to be straight, bro. Yeah, what, what, well, I, as, if you start it, if you run it from the middle between your eyes, between your eyebrows, as long as you set it up there, you just put the tape back, it, it's almost... Should be foolproof. I don't point. know, man, because I got my gimpy gangster lean, and I, I kind of <laughs> one side. <laughs> oh, sometimes I still hate Ryan for that. It's like Ryan, why do you walk like that? Well, see, when I was little, I fell out of a tree, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I used to say a bunch of things. Oh Is that God. the story? He fell out of a tree. Yeah, in high school, like, oh, somebody had asked him why he walked like that. He's like, he's like, we were playing one day, and I fell out of a tree, and, like I mangled up my legs, and like, oh my God. <laughs> Someone said I got hit by a bus once. I yeah, mean, I heard that one. I got like I got like people making it up for me. It's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, should you be by now? Definitely, definitely isn't my extra appendage. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what we're gonna call a show for the MBM podcast this time out. Uh, looks like we're gonna have a decent one in the bag here. So almost a, a two and a half hours. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Zip through, and people are getting their RC, and if they're not sticking around for this part of it, they're missing some of the best stuff. This is the good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, man. It's it's it, it, it's fun to have two other guys that are into the rock stuff to, to have opinions from. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to things that are going to be happening with Energy Rock Radio going forward, and um, I'm, I, I can't wait to be part of the team. Talk about that behind closed doors, but for now, you got to go. Yeah, we're wrapping her up. That's it. That's it for me over here at MBM po- uh, Matt at the MBM Podcast. Kyle over there. We got the Rye Man. We got Joe. We're gonna yeah. call this an episode with editing. Damn it. A little bit of editing. Damn it. Just a little bit of editing. The good news is I know right. I only have to listen to like the last fifty-six minutes of it because that's where we're gonna have to edit. <laughs> wrapped up like a douche, right? Yeah, wrapped, wrapped, wrapped up, up like, like a douche. douche. <laughs> oh, douche. I. You know what? As a kid, I thought that was how it was too it's definitely deuce <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely either yeah, way if it's a douche or a deuce it's still a funny word it either is either way but douche is way still better. a rap i was trying to end the show by saying you know proper peace out and then you ruined it by saying the word that we should not say and then way to go joe what douche 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 isn't a problem 
Well, it's like a douchebag. It's an actual I, thing. I was, I was going to end the show with the proper piece, you know, out of here. Right? Wrapped up like a deuce, and then Joe's like, no, you mean douche? And like, no, not that. I'm <laughs> well, when you want to wrap things up properly, you just say, I'm out, deuces, and then, then you play the ending music. But see, I'm not prepared for stuff like that, because that would be way too professional of me to actually be prepared to just to cut to the exit music. So, yeah. So that's when you say, deuces. Bye.